Gentlemen, start your engines. This is going to be a mighty emotional occasion for a lot of people, not the least of whom is myself. In a race to remember. But this is absolutely gobsmacking. He hasn't even hit the brake yet. G'day, I'm Dan Hollihan. Welcome to my motorsports podcast, On the Couch with Hawley, brought to you by Sweet Black, creating success with people. Today on the podcast, I've got Dylan Thomas, who's a motorsports journeyman, who also works in the property market. You may recognise him from the CXC branding on his race cars. Let's get into it. Dill, we actually drove into the studio together. I've never had a guest who's actually driven with me to the studio to find this place. Um, how did you find picking me up? Well, I had to show you off uh, my new my my wife's car, not yeah. my car, but the the Audi i30 that was uh, courtesy of racing while we ended up with it. So uh, you know, t- yeah. with the, the, the TCR thing with with Josh Bucken. Yep. You yep. know, you had him on your podcast last week. So yep. because of Josh, we ended up with this uh, Audi. Oh, not Audi. Hyundai, <laughs> Hyundai I30. Yeah. So I had to show it off. So that's why I suggest I could pick you up on the way through. Yeah, right. It's a pretty good car. So how did that actually all come about? Um, well, you know, we're in, in the market for a new car for my wife. And, um, you know, you look around, obviously being heavily involved in motorsport, watching, yep. you know, my wife likes little hatchbacky sort of cars and sporty sort of ones. And, um, you know, I've got to drive from, from time to time. So mm. I wanted something a bit zippy and, you know. Watching Nathan Morgan got known yeah. Nathan Morgan for a long time, and watching Josh in there, and I knew Josh was associated with the Hyundai brand. Yeah, actually rang him up and said, "Hey, you know, do you have any cars? Because there was none available. You know, with mm. COVID, there was no cars." He goes, "You know, I told him what I wanted, color, everything." And he yeah. goes, "Yeah, I've got one. You know, you can have it." <laughs> I went, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, Hyundai. I just loaned you know loaned him it to me." I went. Oh, it's all right. I don't want to take your car, bud. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, uh, I found another one that actually had a, a stage one tune in it. So um, yeah. I ended up buying that one instead. Yeah. But and and over over the Christmas break, um, you were you're actually shouting out on social media, you'd broken your collarbone during this whole COVID breakout. How did you find out getting surgery, and how was like that whole situation over the Christmas break? How chaotic Christmas was for you? Oh, dude, that was uh, not very well timed. Uh, you know, I um. We went down a threadbow push bike riding, uh, yep. doing the trails, and um, just had this little this little tip over, and um, yeah, just landed badly, and uh, bust my bust my collarbone in four places, and my shoulder was fifty mil shorter. Yeah, right. Um, so um, clearly not ideal. And then um, you know drove back to Sydney that night. Well, my wife drove us back to Sydney, mm. um, and I rocked up to the hospital the next day, which was New Year's Eve day. Mm. Uh, no surgeons around, sat in the hospital all day, hoping to get surgery. Yeah. Then got kicked out because the, you know, they weren't going to operate one and two, the COVID ward was overflowing and they needed beds. I'm like, oh crap, now what do we do? So yeah. Was this in the Northern Beaches Hospital or was this that, another hospital? No, that was Northern Beaches Hospital. And then yeah. so the next morning I got up, I went to North Shore, went to the Sands and then, yeah, just end up. And your wife's driving you around, isn't she? Obviously, uh, you, my, I got my, da- my dad was, I got my dad to drive me around the next day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my wife dropped me up to Northern Beaches and then my dad drove me around the next day. And uh, How's Dave? How's Dave going anyway? Yeah, he's good. He's, uh, you know, he hasn't been, he's been living over in Ireland for the last little bit, Ireland and Spain. So Yeah, uh, right. He's had about five or six trips planned to come back to Oz and. Hasn't been able to get it because every time he planned it, because COVID killed it. Yeah, right. You know, when COVID first came out, he was supposed to come back 
I think we're going to do a race together even. Oh, no. He, he's sort of retired from racing. Yeah. He reckons his reflexes aren't so good no more. Um, <laughs> he's pretty competitive, though. Uh, he goes all right. We, <laughs> we've stood on the podium together, so I can't hack him too much. So, um, yeah. So, um, at Bathurst, mind you. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was supposed to come out. We bought him tickets for his birthday to go. Uh, take him over to I think it was the Vietnamese first ever Vietnamese Formula One. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that and obviously that, didn't happen, and that yeah. never happened. So you know it was a yeah, not really the most ideal plan, but yeah. So he, he, this is the first time he's been out since that happened, which is like two years ago. Yeah, right. So so can you give me a background and the listeners a background on like your family and what happened and were you were like was your was your parents and all that from Australia or were they from another country like South yeah Africa? no no so we're all, we're all so my I was born in South Africa my yep. mum and dad. South African. So um, my dad, my mum and dad split up when uh, I think I was about two. Yep. Uh, my dad moved over here when I was about four. I followed him over when I was about five. So I don't know too much about South Africa. Yeah. Um, although my mother's still over there. Um, you know, she's come over and obviously I went backwards and forwards there for a little while. But yeah, so we sort of grew up with m- me and my father mostly. Mm. Um, he had a quite a few marriages along the way yeah, and lots yeah, of women. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so um, you know, so there was no real consistency there. But, um, and I went to boarding school, you know, I ended up going to boarding school. And um, uh, so I didn't get, I didn't do the traditional motorsport route that most kids do. I didn't do yeah. go-karts or any of that sort of stuff. In fact, we sort of didn't really have um, the opportunities. Yeah. Um, so um, I didn't really get into motorsport till I was about you know, late 20s. Yeah, okay. So, um, but we always had the passion, you know, I, I remember... Been in boarding school and my dad would come pick me up because um, it was a country boarding school bar- in Barrel. Yep. He'd pick me up and back in those days, um, the Formula One was still in Adelaide. Yeah, and, okay. um, and then we'd drive down to Adelaide and I remember being like 13 or 14. I'm not sure if I should say this, yeah. but... Uh, I'd be driving across the Hay Plains where, yeah. while he had a little kip. <laughs> so, um, was I used that to your first experience driving and getting used to cars? Uh, no, no. In South Africa, my uh, stepfather had a, uh, a a bit of a plot and um, they had a, a little figure eight course or something and um yeah you know so I, I drove some paddock bashes and and whatnot and some, yeah some quad bikes and stuff so yeah so i'd driven some stuff before as well but uh yeah yeah well i, I my dad may have also tested uh the hay planes for you know the speed of cars and i whilst he was sleeping i may have tried to challenge him <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't as many cops and stuff back then on the roads was it what time what no. year what year what year was this what year was this around the 90s or the 80s uh so what would have been late 80s early 90s yeah um we used to have radar detectors, and I remember the one time, um, you know, getting pulled over by a cop, and the, and the guys, and and you weren't allowed to do body searches. So my dad would pull, the, as you get pulled over, my dad would pull the radar detector down, yeah, and chuck it at me and say, "Dack it, put it down your pants," <laughs> and, and and they're not going to search a kid, yeah. You know? So and and this cop's at the window going, "I know you've got a radar detector. You slowed down too quickly. You obviously knew something." And uh, <laughs> my dad's like, "No, don't know what you're talking about, sir." <laughs> I just I'm just sitting there, so um. So yeah, so um, yeah, some fun times back in the day. Have you had a wedge? So obviously you're talking about your fascination with cars, and you didn't have the um, the upbringing like most guys that have brought into the shop with go karts and stuff like that. You actually came from a poorer background. Um, can you explain like living in those times and wanting to race a car back then, like as a teenager? Um, well, I guess it it was sort of more of a pipe dream. It, it, you know, I mean, like it wasn't a realistic thing, and so I don't know if I actually really had this. Um, big connection with w- wanting to do it because it wasn't realistic. So it was, there was no opportunity. I, I remember, you know, my dad had a friend who, who raced go-karts and, um, and we did, we, you know, we went and did this, um, you know, company 
race yeah. day. Yeah, yeah like a high I, cart event Yeah, and, and I rocked up and, and, and beat all of them. So that was cool. I was pretty young and light back then, so it probably helped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, had, you know, and, and I did um, uh, one of uh, Baxter's... Um, he had the uh, the old Holden Holden yeah like a like can't a, remember yeah, what they yeah. were so like he had, he had like an Oran Parker he had a day there and I remember getting pole and winning that as well just going out for a random day yeah um and then you know we always went to the Formula Ones every year yep. um so that was always a really exciting time um and then the one year we we were going and we my dad saw this thing that said um you know um, Grand Prix Rally go drive your road car you know on all these little times, you know, speed yeah, stages yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and then you get to drive on the track. So we did that in his Audi TT and we sort of shared a bit of the driving. Yeah. Where was this at? Uh, so it was for the Formula One. We went through yeah. uh, a whole bunch of the Victorian country towns, Bright, Shepparton. Yeah. Uh, I can't even remember all the yeah, names. Yeah, okay. Was so it was like more of like more sort of a tarmac rally. It was a bit like a tarmac, but it, was just a sp- it wasn't a rally rally. It was yeah. just a, a, a speed event. Yeah. So you okay. had little special stages and you drove, no roll cage required. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I remember, I remember, you know, being on the Formula One track, and you just hang in the bag and drop back, <laughs> try and you know, yeah. hit, hit the curves and see if you can get the car to bounce a bit. And yeah. so, um, and then whilst we were there, um, uh, there was this guy that was doing it, and he said, um, "Oh, you, sh- you should get into to, to tarmac rally." And I'm like, "What's that?" Yeah, you yeah. know, and um, you know, and, and 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 they said, "Oh, there's this thing called East Coast Targa, which was at Bathurst," and. Um, so I said, okay, that's cool. Well, I guess we need a car for it. And I bought a little Nissan Pulsar, GDIR, and um, yeah, right. And that, and that was I, I yeah. picked, it, <laughs> picked it up from the docks that had been sitting on the docks forever. Was the it brakes were all seized yeah, up? Yeah, right. Like, okay. You know, <laughs> so you know, the first time I took it on the road, I think I I think I crashed it with a parked car because it wouldn't stop, and I'm like, crap. <laughs> so um, you know, we you know we end up doing a little bit of work to it. And um, did you just drive it to like a mechanic shop down the road, or did you guys did you and your dad fix it? No, no. At this point, um, you know, we got some. Um, we took it to a place called Chroma Exhaust. Yep. Um, and we ended up getting a little bit of sponsorship from them. They supported us in our early days of tarmac rallying, mm. um, and they did a whole bunch of our work on our cars. Um, at cost, um, yeah. you know, so they, they were really, really good. They're not around, not around anymore, but they were really good for us in our early days. Mm. Back then, you know, we didn't know anything. You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know it, took me, it took me a long time to even know what understeer was, yeah. you know, let alone, you know, how do you, how do you turn a spanner on something? So, um, yeah, you just go into, like, essentially you just get into a car and just drive it, wouldn't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, um, you know, just flog the crap out of it and when it breaks, I go, oh, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's how it all started. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I developed a lot as throughout my career and, you know, became more interested in, in the mechanical side and, um, and, and the setup side, particularly, mm. um, once I knew there was that side, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't know at first, like, you know, I mean, going to boarding school, it was just about, you know, partying and girls really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, how was, was how was your teenagehood back then? But like, was obviously, you know, you've met your wife and stuff, but do you remember much of, cause you grew up in Sydney. <laughs> so do you, did you, did you ever go to King's Cross and whatnot with a bunch of mates from school? Do I remember much? No, yeah. I don't. I don't remember much. <laughs> don't it was remember. a lot of partying and girls. <laughs> 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 so, um, I, I, you know, I, I lived uh i lived a lot as a youngster which um mm. you know which which is you know the fact that i didn't have the opportunities to go racing back then mm. i probably you know the, the lifestyle i was living i probably wouldn't have anyway you know i was yeah. um you know i was i was a young stupid kid you yeah, know and yeah. um <laughs> did you get up to any trouble yeah, maybe a little. I'm I'm, thro- I'm throwing this podcast a bit just to give some extra questions. Yeah, within no, it. Yeah. we got, we got into a little bit of trouble from time to time, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, there, there was always there was there, there was plenty of nights we went to the 
obviously the, we did yeah. the cross thing. We're at pubs, partying, all sorts of stuff. So um, you know, occasionally we got in trouble with the law, and yeah, you know, nothing too serious. Didn't end up, you know, well, other than overnight drunk cells, but um, yeah. you yeah. know, um, didn't end up in you know anything too serious. So um, probably probably more lucky than anything else, really. Yeah. Did you yeah. did you finish school? Yeah, we went through. Yeah. We did oh, went, oh, yeah, I see. You did all that, but you yeah. didn't go to uni though. Or did you, no, you did? I didn't go to uni. I um, I actually uh, left school and became a plumber. Yeah, so, okay. So um, that was your first. What well, was your first? Essentially, your first job where you got where you yeah, got to start. Yeah, I wanted actually. I wanted to be. I wanted to become you know, a, a, a real estate salesman or you know in property yeah. somewhere. And um, what you're doing now? Which is yeah, which yeah. we do now. But I, but at that time, I sent off probably probably a couple of hundred um, resumes to. Every every single um, real estate on the on, on, in the phone book because back in there yeah, yeah it was it was all you know yellow pages and yeah. just set it off and everyone goes look you know great application great you know great you know follow through but you're too young you know yeah. so I was like you know they all come back in a few years time so I went, well I may as well go get a trade it's in property so yeah apparently plumbing was the best paying trade so I went and did plumbing so um, yeah. that was the road we went down so and you've always well, I've known you anyways as long as I've known you you've always lived in the northern beaches was. When did that happen as a kid? Did you did you live anywhere else in Sydney before moving to the Northern Beaches? Yeah, so um, we lived in. Uh, so, I mean, I think I went to about five different primary schools between South Africa and then moving to Australia, and we're in Warunga and Taramara, mm. and then went over to Camaray and and then um, uh, Narrenburn as well. So, mm. spent a fair bit of time on the North Shore. Yeah, um, and then we moved to the Northern Beaches when I was about. 16, 17. Yeah. So um, I was at boarding school for the whole of my high school. Mm. Um, probably a good thing, you know, it sort of grounded me, you know, you had to do rugby and cadets, learn, yeah. learn quite a bit of discipline and structure and all that sort of stuff, which I think later in life has really stood me well. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, when you, you know, in business and whatever, you need to have discipline and structure. So, um, yeah. you know, and not be scared to, you know, have a go. So, um, you know, boarding school was really good for me and I had some really good people around me in boarding school and, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was a yeah. good thing. Yeah. Did you enjoy, did you enjoy any other sports? Like obviously you, you love cars, right? You love yeah. to go fast, but did you enjoy, like for me, for example, I love, I love rugby league. So yeah. I love rugby league and like MMA type of stuff. Do you, did you enjoy any other sports back then as a kid? Oh, absolutely. I was um, over passionate about rugby union. Um, you know, I play, I played uh, even after school, I played for a few years, played for um uh, uh, Newport Breakers, and then I uh, played for a few games for the Ringa Rats. And yep. um, you know, I'm, actually, I missed a year after school, and somebody said, oh, "Once you miss a year, you'll never play again." And yeah. typically, my fashion, I said, "I'll show you." <laughs> so I went and played again. So yeah, what position were you playing in, in on rugby? Were you like, were you forward or a back? Yeah, I was a hooker, mate. Right yeah. in the middle of the yeah, action. Yeah, right. You were I, right in the middle of the ruck. Uh, I liked being in the middle of the action. I liked being a little smart ass. <laughs> uh, did I, you I, talk shit? In the, did you talk shit in the rucks to get the ball? Yeah, I did lots of. <laughs> <laughs> used to used to used to turn and lick the other hooker's face just as the ball came in to steal it. <laughs> used to put the knee up in it. Yeah, no, I oh, yeah. I got taught some uh, good little tactics and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I copped a couple as well. Do you remember any highlights of like winning any certain games or anything like that as a kid or not really? Um, well, we our team was actually in the Schoolboys World Cup, so we played Schoolboys World Cup. Um, I can't remember, probably like yeah. 93, 93, 94, probably yeah. 94. We've got enough notes here that we're losing yeah. track of all the years that you yeah. <laughs> so, um yeah. yeah, so played Schoolboys World Cup, but I mean, the only reason we played Schoolboys World Cup was it was held in our grounds. Yeah. Okay. But that was that was actually really interesting. Like, you know, there was, um, you know, teams from Argentina, South Africa, New Zealand, you know, it, it, you know, it Japan was... Japan and all that. Yeah. Uh, it was, I don't remember I any know. Japanese teams. Well, I don't remember. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was also it was also during school holidays, so it was a, it was a massive... 
party fest as well and yeah it was it was a big couple of weeks so yeah. um but it was actually really cool like you, you like even after leaving school and watching how new zealand and argentina and all that play you know in in their premier division mm. you could see it at schoolboys like you know the argentinians were quite yeah niggly and dirty you know the new zealanders even at schoolboy level you know they they spread the ball they, they're fast at the rucks they clear it out real quick and they get you know do a lot of turnover possession back then and you know so yeah you, you're from the Northern Beaches and um, you've probably raced a football player who I'm probably going to mention now, which is Jack Ellsgood. Do you remember much of him or did he, did, did any of that, did you actually two form a friendship racing together or are you just well, known uh, to the, race? Well, the, the V8 Ute I raced was his car. Yeah, right. So um, he, he used to come in when we had the shop. He, he used to come in and, yep. you know, just talk talk crap. And, um, and, and obviously the Utes had the licensing thing. Yep. Um, so they had to run. Um, otherwise, they got fined. Yeah, and, and and so we ran Homebush um, in his car because um, he goes, "Hey, I got to run. Do you want to run the car? You know." And I went, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I was never one to say no to anything, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, back in my partying days, and then also back when in racing, it's like, sure, <laughs> sure. How do you make it work? I don't know. Let's work it out. So you just yeah, juggle right. and make things work. So, so did he just own the car, or was that through like through through a team, or was it no? Just it was his. It was his car. Yeah, I believe it was his car. Um, and then we got it in the shop, and um, and the clutch was stuffed. And I, you know, I remember we did needed to do quite a bit of work to it. But um, mm. and then we and then we went, you know, no testing. Yeah, <laughs> typical. Oh, there'll be a fair bit of that in my yeah. story. <laughs> Any anytime I did any of these one-off things, no testing, just throw in the deep end. Let's see how we go. Yeah. And I remember I, I um I formed an alliance with um, a technical alliance for the weekend at Homebush with Cedars Racing. Yep. So they, I took the car out to them. They they put it on the patch and set it, set it up for me. Mm. Um, by this stage, I knew there was a setup patch, you know, yeah. in my early days, I didn't even know there was a setup patch. Yeah. So, um, we'll go backward to this story. Yeah, after this, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about the Ellsgood story, but yeah. 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 So, so um, yeah. So, I mean, Jack Ellsgood's a really good guy. In fact, you know what, for a footy player, he did really, really well as a race car driver. Yeah. Right. So, and he's a good, he's a really good guy as well. So, yeah. you know, no, no real ego for, for somebody who's had the success he had. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a really good guy, really down to earth guy. Do you know what he's doing now? I've I've got him on my social media, but do you yeah, know what he's, he's, he's doing? In, he's in real estate. Yeah, okay. So he's in real estate yeah, just he's like a, he's you. In real estate sales. Oh, a bit, I'm not really in sales. I'm yeah. I'm more of an investor. Yeah. So investor yeah. developer. Yep. So you s originally will we'll now start your racing story, um, yeah. which is quite good. Jack Ellsgood gets the first pop of your racing story. But um, yeah, in 2000, you actually originally didn't actually know what to do to get into cars, didn't you? Well, like I said before, you know, it all started. Um, because we used to go to the Formula One. In fact, we probably missed from when the Australian Formula One Grand Prix came in, to Adelaide in what mid eighties, about eighty six, mm. until probably I was pretty heavily involved in motorsport. Mm. I think I only missed three races, three Formula Ones. So we went to every single one of them. Yeah, right. So um, before I competed, I was heavily invested in in as a spectator. Yeah. Um, and then when the opportunity came to drive, you know. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we took it and then we did rallies and I mean rallies rallying's quite expensive as well, tarmac rallying and targa and all that sort of stuff. So mm. um, you know, so you you're limited to how many we could do a year in our budget. So um Yeah. So yeah, so uh, you know I'm sure a bit later on we'll get into the V's, but yeah. you know, the V's came in a little bit, you know, uh, as, yeah. as as a top up. Yeah. You know, so as a top up. Yeah. And then and, and continued that way as well. Like, you know, like um, I've always had a national program. Yep. Um, but I've always always had the Formula V's along because effectively I can do a whole season of Formula V mm. for the price of one national round. 
Yeah, right. So, you know, and, and you know, you look at all the go-karters, they're, they're all in their cars every weekend. Yeah. I probably didn't do enough testing for, you know, the national program, but I got an extra seat time by doing the V stuff. Yeah, right. So you're going between, obviously, you're known now these days for your production car and your V days, but you essentially, you realised to get somewhere, you actually had to get to gain a licence, used Vs as your licence, and then you've become more and more over the years involved with the category in Formula V. Well, yeah, so so we did uh, Targa, Targa, not Targa Tasmania, but yeah. Targa events. We did Targa New Zealand, Classic Adelaide, um, Targa West. <laughs> yeah. There's a, just a couple of stories there. <laughs> yeah. But um, I thought I was going to die in Targa West. It's pretty fast. Yeah, right. Uh, You've got to tell me after the V. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we did Targas for about 10 years. And in about, I think, oh, five, six, they brought out the 12-hour yep. at Bathurst. And we had just upgraded from the Nissan Pulsar GTIR. Mm. Uh, coincidentally, we ordered the new car, which was a Mitsubishi Evo 9. Yep. Um, um, and then I happened to roll the GTIR in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but um, actually, we tried to leave it in New Zealand, but then they <laughs> wanted to charge us import import duty for bringing a car in. I'm going, it's just dirt now. <laughs> so anyway, that's another story. But, um, yeah. But um, yeah, so I wanted to do the 12-hour in our new Evo 9 that we had just bought, uh, but my rally license didn't work, so I mm. needed to get a circuit license. Uh, I went, well, what's the cheapest way for me to do that? Uh, someone said, go lease a V. I went, okay, what's a V? Yeah. I leased this V off uh, Steve Wood and it wasn't very fast. And Yeah, it was a Sabri, wasn't it? Was uh, it a Sabri? No, the first one was a, spe- a, spec- a Spectre. Yep. Um, and then I went, you know what? Um, I, I want something that's a bit quicker, so I bought my own car. Yep. Because uh, back then you had to do five events. Yep. Um, to gain your full license. To get your license yeah, as yeah. well as your flag day. Did you, and you to, did you have to start from the rear of the field or, or no, just qualify? No, you could just qualify. I mean, you're 1200s against yep. 1600, so you were fairly deep in the field anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we did. So I bought, I bought a V and um, I did two events in my own V and then I still had two more events to do. Um, and my, and it still wasn't fast enough. Typical driver. Yeah. It was never. No, I've never heard a driver ever say there's a car that's fast enough or perfect. Oh, yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. So, there's never um, a perfect or a, or a Yeah. <laughs> so I rebuilt the engine in the off season, then came back and did the the um the the next my last yeah, two signature events uh, the oh. start of the following year. Yeah. And I think we won both those races. So now yeah, we lead right. the championship. So. Well, yeah. you got to keep going, don't you? Yeah. Was this the, was this New South Wales or was yeah this New South Wales? Yeah. Okay. So we were leading who that. Was, who was your main rivals that year? Do you um, remember? From so memory? that year there was a, a guy called Lucas Eady. So the year, when I st- uh, the the last two events I did in 05, mm. there was Daniel Reynolds who went on to you know yeah. have a lot of success. Um, there was Ryan Stott, Mitch Abrahal, who set, set a, lap, a couple of lap records. There were some really good steers. Yeah. Was Butcher around then back then? Yeah, Butcher was in 1600s though. Oh, okay. um, so you, this is the 1200 So race. that was still 1200. Yeah. And then and then those quick guys in that last, in 05, all went up yep. to 1600. So the following year I had, um, um, there was Bruce Pierce, um, Lucas Eady and someone else. And mm. so it wasn't as strong a field. Yeah. So you know, we won the first two races and then we actually, we went on to dominate the season. We won the championship, got a lap record, won division two, which is both 16 and 1200. Yeah. Um, got rookie of the year, you know, really did a lot of stuff to boost the ego, which made you think you're pretty good. So, uh, yeah. So, so I, and that's why I had to buy a 1600 because I'm like, 
well, I think I'm pretty good now. Yeah. So, let, so let's get a 1600 and let's see how we go against, the, you know, the, the main guys, which, you know, how at many that time had, you know, Ryan Simpson and uh, Benny Porter. And although Porter left when I went up, but he was there the year I was in 1200s. Yeah. Okay. But was the, was the 1200 now is a bit, it's a bit more of like a less, like it's not as big as it was, kind of like Formula Four. They have the Durotech and Durotech's bigger and so on like that. But was 1200s bigger back then in the field or was oh, it, was yeah. there like 10 cars instead of like six, for example? Yeah, correct. Yeah. It was much bigger back then. I mean, in fact, when I stepped in, it was still a very strong competitive field. Like you still had a lot of good guys. Yeah. Um, the year I won it, it probably was, it was probably the first year that it wasn't as strong. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't want to deflate, you know, devalue yeah. my championship, but yeah. uh, you know, the championship we won in the 1200s, it probably wasn't the strongest field. Yeah. Um, but in saying it, you know, we still, we still got, a, we got a lap record, which we'll keep forever. It's at Oran Park short circuit. So yeah. Do you yeah. remember much? You, do you remember much of Oran Park? Oh, I loved Oran Park. Do you have any memories from that 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 era of just racing, even just going to the, like a supercar round, for example? Um, you know what? I've never really been overawed by occasion, people, yeah. circumstance. Like, like I'm, I'm, like I'll, I'll sit on you know the biggest you know, um, yeah, events dummy grid, and I'll. You won't be in awe so of a driver. I'm not in awe of anybody. Like you know, yeah. human beings are human beings. Um, Mm. You know, I, yeah, I'm not in awe of anybody, or or I don't get uh, you know overwhelmed by a situation. It's like, I I'll be I'll be you know first time at a, at you know like when I did Carrera Cup, you know that was a big step up, yeah, um, from where I had been, yeah, and you know, yeah, I I, I wasn't too too phased by the people. I mean, I was hoping I could do a good good enough job, yeah, as a driver, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. they've you had Mick Ritter as a team boss. What do you think about the whole? We were speaking off air about Mick Ritter. He's got the one of the most amazing operations going. What do you think about his? The way he just does motorsport. Mick Mick is is a freaking legend. Yeah. Like, you know, I think he's probably one of the more misunderstood, uh, perceived guys for people who don't know him. Yeah. Okay. Um, once you once you work with him, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's a pretty hard exterior and a lot of swearing and smoking and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. He's just a rough. But he's a cool guy, man. Like he's 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 he, you know. He pushes people to get the best out of them. The only reason, you know, he's being harsh to you is because he wants you to do your best. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got all the time in the world, you know, for those guys down there. They do a great job. Yeah. And you teamed up for your first well, – obviously, we're going in between all your racing, but it, it, it makes a podcast anyway. But you <laughs> teamed up in King Career Cup first with Nick Foster, who went on to do great things overseas. Yes. Um, How did you find him as a teammate? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you back a step. Yeah. How, how I got there. It was actually a unique situation – so, so because they had the pro am thing, mm. um, and uh, Sonic had um, Ryan Simpson. Yeah, as, yeah, as who you pop. raced? Yeah, who you raced in V's and yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Was, Sim, oh. Simo also raced in one of my. You know, we shared a card in prod cars. Yeah, right. Once or twice. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> I think we lost a wheel or something happened. It wasn't the most successful. Yeah, outing with him, but um, I mean but that guy, that, that guy is seriously talented driver. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, one that maybe should have made it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, um, you know, also, also he had some financial backing, you know, they threw tyres. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at my history, I sort of suck at qualifying. Yeah. Probably because I never threw tyres, didn't do enough testing. You know, I, I, I was always quite consistent and fast, but I never maximised the new tyre. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so with, with the whole Foster thing, yeah. um, my dad, we, we're on our way to IndyCar. Yeah. Um, the Gold Coast. To the, yeah, the Gold yeah. Coast, the IndyCar event. Yeah, okay. And my dad was on the aeroplane. I think we might have been racing... I'm not sure if we were just spectating or if we were racing because we did Aussie cars there. But my yeah. dad was on the aeroplane. I was going to ask about Aussie cars. Yeah. <laughs> Be gone. Yeah. My dad was on the aeroplane and the guy sitting next to was um, was Rob Manley. 
yeah, which is yeah, um, I, yeah, Nick yeah. Foster's stepbrother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and he was trying to chase sponsorship for his Formula Ford gig. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, we end up, my dad, you know, rang me and said, oh, this guy's been chatting to me, blah, blah, blah. I yep. said, well, let's let's help him out for a little bit. Let's see how it goes. And you know, yeah. it was a it wasn't a huge deal. And you know, I mean, he was struggling for some budget, and we, we gave some budget to him. And mm. um, I think we did three rounds with him to try and help him get on his program. Yeah. But that created the connection with them, helping them out. Mm. And then obviously his brother's Nick Foster. Nick Foster. Yeah. Was doing Carrera Cup, and then um, you know they had uh, Ryan Simpson. Then they changed the AM rule, and then Ryan Simpson was then deemed a pro, so he couldn't be an AM. Yeah, so right. Then, so, so then Sonic was throwing all these names at Porsche Australia. Yeah. And they go, no, 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 no. And it's getting closer and closer and closer to the event. Yeah, okay. And then, um, you know, and then so so Rob Rob goes, hey, why don't you try this Dylan guy out? He's done a whole bunch of prod stuff and he's done this. And he, yeah, done and he goes and half okay. Yeah. So I get this phone call. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yes, please. I'll come drive a Porsche. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm. I'm You're looking at it with massive eyes, going, "Yes, I get to race a Porsche." Oh, at this so point the, the, the first one was the most eye-opening thing ever. Yeah. Because I literally, I, I, I raced. I had a test day at Phillip Island on the Monday. Mm. We raced Formula V at Eastern Creek in the wet. Yeah. On the Sunday, now we did a pretty good job in the wet on Sunday. So I remember I was following Kinsella, probably one of my most exciting races. Yeah. It's bucketing down you can't see anything we're going through turn one flat in the v yep. and all i could see was Kinsella's rain light and i'm just literally <laughs> driving off his rain light if he goes off I, like I, li- I was literally following a rain light and spray yeah right um and then i went down to phillip island so so that you know in the wet that thing's probably what 150 yeah. k's yeah. or something yeah and then i fly down and we go down at carrera cup at at um at, at pi yep and we're going through turn one and they go at, and you're doing 272 k's turn in then break and i'm like what do you mean break after you turn in? <laughs> and I, I really struggled. Like I really struggled that first test day mm. and they threw some new tires at me and I've already explained I'm not the best on new tires yeah. or getting maximizing. And um, yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I remember. Did they, have a t- did they have a tire bank during that race? So you could only use a certain amount of tires or were, they, were you able to throw a t- like tires at the car at that point? Uh, well, this was during the practice. In the race, I think, you, I mean, you had a stop. So you only had one stop to throw tires at. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we got tires at that stop. Yeah. Um, so, but I remember leaving the test day and I remember just in the background, the guy, just that feeling of the guys going, who the fuck's this guy we've just brought in? Yeah. Oh, he, he's shit. Yeah. What is he doing? And, and literally what we, had, we, had, we had the, yeah, he's so out of his depth. And yeah. I was, I was honestly out of my depth at that point. Yeah. Um, You're going, you know, fuck, how did I get myself here? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and in the garage, we had Heimgartner and Timmy Slade. Yeah. And Heimgartner's, go, yeah, and Heimgartner's yeah. going, I think I can go flat through one. And he tried it. And dead set, he almost made it. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like that elevated Slade Dog and all those guys yeah. to a next level because, you know, well, Heimgartner almost went flat. We've got to have a go. Yeah. And I'm going, holy shit, I've got to, I just want a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, th- and that was the only test we got. And then we got to the event. And fortunately, um, you know, I did a much better showing at the event than in the test day because yeah. if it went off the test day, I wouldn't have got a second call in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, right. Well, wow. Yeah, no, how many good. how many years did you get called back to do Carrera Cup racing? Uh so we I did th- we did well, we did all three of them from that. There haven't been any since. Yeah, okay. Um, but would, and you, would you come back with Sonic to do them? Do you, re- do you reckon they would call you back? Um well, off the back of my results that I've had cuz I went we won the first one. I finished third with Nick Nick McBride on the second one. Yeah. And the third one um, we won race 1 um with McBride again. Yeah. And then race 2 was a wet start. And I'd never done, and I'd bloody had a wet start. Never even started the thing in the wet. Yeah. Never even driven it in the wet. And I'm like, oh crap. And um, Ritter goes, just do a granny start. 
Mm. And I did one. I practiced on the way out, and it was fine. Yeah. And then I, I and then I was off pole, and I did one. And then so I tried to do the same thing again off the start, and it bloody stalled. And by the time <laughs> I get my finger to the start button, someone yeah. hit the back of me. So. Yeah, right. That and those, those those cup cars, because my dad obviously is in that whole realm of Porsche racing. They're they're accelerating brake like a Formula One car, essentially to get it off the line. Is and it's got a special launch control. Type oh, the, uh, you literally you just hold it flat, and just and, and and hold the clutch down. Yep. And then you just let let the uh, clutch off and modulate modulate the clutch to get. So you keep the throttle flat. Yep. And just modulate the clutch. Yeah, right. A little bit motocrossy. Yeah, okay. I guess I liked that. Yeah, right. And so. yeah, so you've teamed up with Nick McBride, and you've had um obviously guys in your garage like Tim Slade and stuff. Did you actually team up with Tim Slade at a six hour event or what? Yeah, I think we did a couple. Um, so uh, obviously I brought Slady. So you know, always got along well with Slady. Uh, mm. I probably formed that little bit of relationship, I guess, at Sonic. I don't really recall. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, again, you know, I mean, I'm not a starstruck guy. It's yeah, you know, yeah. They, um, Slay Dog's just another he's no, just another a, dude. Just he's, another he's dude. Really, <laughs> he's he's just another serious dude that wants to do well at racing and you know yeah. and, and can can pedal. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, and I just I, I messaged him and said, hey, do you want to do six hour with me? He goes, yeah. sure. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. that complex yeah you know he, i you know I, I had a car you know i mean we led every six hour just yeah finish the bloody things yeah but um you know we always had speed you know um you know my lap times from from timmy slades weren't too bad you know yeah. I, mean, I spent a lot of time in production cars and endurance racing mm. uh won, won a number of endurance endurance races uh, even against uh, tmr yeah um and so I spent a lot of time working on a used tire or, 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 or driving on a used tire. Yeah. And I think later on in my motorsport, that hurt me a bit because yeah. I spent so long, you know, consistent doing consistent lap times. And that's probably what helped in that Porsche Pro-Am, mm. you know, because they're endurance races effectively. Yeah, you're better so, on a used tire. Yeah, I was, I was good on the used tire and, you know, being able to, to almost match the pros times on, on, on a used tire almost. Yeah, right. Did you, did you actually use, like, because they were your teammates at the time, anyone who was your teammate, did you use them as, like, a driver coach in a way? Like, did you did you compare notes and think, oh, you know, I can go better here? Or did you just teach yourself as you went along? Because as we've said off air, you had no experience how to set up a car. So did you just go into every race learning off a more experienced driver to get the uh, knowledge that you have today? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I didn't have a mentor as such where, um, you know, somebody was saying, hey, if you do this or do that. Um, but what I did, uh, I did look at the data and I remember that first year at, at Sonic, I'm mm. like, give me some data, give me some data. And I, I remember Mike Henry going, piss off, dickhead. Yeah. You know, just go away. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, just, just give me something. And I mean, I just took screenshots yeah, of it right. and I just go and have a look at, you know, you yeah. know, your, your throttle trace, brake trace and go, okay, you know, my, my, my corner speed or, you know, or, or the, the sweeper speed, I need to carry more speed. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I'm very much self-taught everything. Yeah. So in fact, probably my biggest mentor was probably Steve Butcher in Formula V's. Yeah, right. You know, so he probably taught me more than anybody really. Yeah, right. How'd you, how'd you, how'd you meet Steve in general? Because I remember racing for him twice, which I struggled big time in V's. I don't think people understand how hard it is to drive a V and to get it quick. But how did you how did you meet Steve and how did it go from there? So um, so I think Steve built that twelve hundred engine that you know when I had that twelve hundred yeah um, and I, you know like a typical driver it didn't have enough power I said who who builds an engine around here for twelve hundreds and they, mm. they said oh this guy Steve Butcher yeah so um, and then and then when I went to sixteen hundreds um, I actually was going to buy a Jaser yeah um, you know Jaser was you know probably the winning car at that time and. Uh, you know, it was a good-looking car, well presented, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and Butcher, Butcher was like, 
mate, drive one of my cars. Come try my car. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then so I, and I rang up Jace Cuts and said, hey, look, is there anybody who's got a Jacer who can come down to this test day yeah. so I can do a session in that car? To uh, compare cars? To compare the cars. Yeah, okay. And, um, and, and you know, nothing, no, n- nothing came from that. So I went down with Butcher and um, Butcher yep. put me in his car all day at Wakefield. Mm-hmm. The car was a bag of shit. Yeah. Um, it ended up breaking... Um, uh, I like a push rod or something like that. Yeah, push rod or something on the front. And yeah. it spat me off and he was trying monoshock so the thing wasn't set up. Yeah, it was a right. bag of crap. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I had this envelope with five grand cash for a deposit for the Jacer. <laughs> yeah. It still said Jacer on the envelope and I just gave I just gave Butcher the envelope and said, all right, build me a car. Yeah. You know, so, um, and, that's, and, that's, and that's how the relationship with Butcher started. Yeah, right. You know, because he was, he wanted me in his car. Yeah, that that was the, that was the fundamental reason why I went with him. Yeah, instead you know, of Jason Cutts. Yeah, and Jace and Jace, Jace, Jason's like Mike Borland in a way. He's like the, yeah. the Sydney operation for building chassis here. Yeah, but you decided to go with Stephen just because he was more entrepreneur or like well, bit smaller. It, I went with him hundred percent because he he pushed hard to get me in his car. Yeah. he wanted me in his car. Yeah, how did how did how did it make like how did you make those cars work? Because as, as you said at the start, and even I've driven them, some of them are a bit of a bucket of shit. <laughs> but how did you get them? Did you refine the the, the chassis setup? For, for cars later on for like your drivers? Um, yeah, well, all my cars all had Jacer rear ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against. Yeah. I mean, Butcher, Butcher sort of had a bit of a reputation, Butcher by nature. Butcher by name, Butcher by nature. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, so he was cut, a little bit rough. Cut, you'd actually cut half the cars and make, like, you'd actually like make a 50 50 car in a way, wouldn't well, you? Well, no, it was just more the rear suspension geometry. So um, um, we, ended up, we ended up doing a test day at Eastern Creek. Mm. Um, and or, the original Stingers um, had independent rears yep. with, and still had the leaf spring. Yep. Um, and I'm going, mate, how, how dinosaur? We've got to get rid of this bloody leaf spring. Yep. You know, what's everyone doing? You start looking at everybody else that's quick and they've all got these monoshock rear suspension. Yeah. So I said, you know, and as I said, Butcher was just starting to trial it on that test day. And, yep. you know, so, but again, his he, 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 pickup points were all too weak for it, for what, you know the, the load that was going through it. Yeah. So so what I did was I actually just uh, looked at the Jason stuff and said to Jason. I mean, and I've always got along well with, well with Jason and Dave. And I just said, you know, l- let me buy a couple of your Jason arms and I'll modify the back of the chassis to take the suspension arms. Yeah. So that I could put the monoshock on that'd be strong enough um, to make the car balance more and yeah. just, just go glide through the corner. Yeah. Better. And, and 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 the car went nearly eight tenths of a second quicker between turn two and turn twelve at Eastern Creek. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, because with the with the with the independent rear, yep. you kept lifting a wheel, which means you'd have a, a wheel driving because you're not on the ground. It's in yep. the air, so you're yep. losing drive. Yeah. Can you explain a bit to the listeners who either want to get into Formula V or whatnot how like a, how Formula V should run like around a track like from your stinger, like to get it to glide? So in a Formula Ford, you want to brake really late and then accelerate out like a go kart in a way. Is there any? Is there the same technique? Uh, same technique as a Ford, or is it or the V a bit more different? Well, I think it's also driver uh, preference, like. Like we talked about Ryan Simpson er- earlier. Mm. Now Ryan Simpson was friggin' awesome in, in in well actually pretty much in everything he drove, yep. but in the V particularly. But but the way he drove, he used to drive the car hard. He'd slide it in and then drive it out. Yeah, you know. Whereas um, you know what I what worked for me mm. was once I got the car set up into a, a, a balance that I, that I was happy with. Mm. I, I I play with most of my setup on the rear rebound. Yeah, so okay. you know, soften it up to try and pitch the rear up. Yeah, and get that car to rotate the rear early. I mean, any race car, it's all about how do you get to 100% throttle as early as you can. Yeah, yeah. So if you can get to 100% throttle earlier than the next guy, you're going to be quicker to the next corner. Yeah. So, you know, the method that, that I used was I, I, I used my rear rebound. 
you know, let the car pitch up and get the, to rotate through through rebound. Yep. Get it to rotate and then get on the gas. Yeah, right. And so you, obviously at the start of your form, your Formula V career, you were, you're not winning. I mean, you weren't winning. You did the 1200s, which you won off the bat. Then you came to 1600s, which was a bit more harder because you had, as you said, Ryan Simpson and, you know, Ben Porter had just left the class, but it was really, really tough back then, wasn't it? Oh, I, I, that that 1200, we, I did my first ever national title mm. and we finished second to, to Kieran Glover. Yeah, and I remember that, like, and he had uh, you know the guru setup guy mm. um, uh, from Tasmania, and um, oh yep, yep. Oh, gosh, I really should know. His name. <laughs> it's, it's all right. So we get a, every podcast every Noel, now and then. Noel, Noel Clark. Yeah, and um, and, and and everybody goes, you know, oh yeah, Noel Clark knows how to set up a car, and I'm going set up. What's that? Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and I remember going, you know, he's quicker than me. I just got to drive faster. I mean. Yeah, oh, fuck! I was really driving as fast as I could. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and that was that was the moment that I realised because because all my target history, yeah, um, you know, and I said this to you before, but all my target history, you know, you, you pay someone to prep a car, you jump yeah. in the car, and uh, I remember Jim Richards uh, in one of my early targets that he did a talk at the start, mm. and he goes, "Look, you only drive the car at eight tenths. You know, you don't. You know, on the last day, you can work out where you are. Yeah, you know, um, you know I mean." Jim Richards was a freaking legend. Like, you know, that guy could jump in anything and drive it fast. Yep. And I remember him saying, all you need to do is drive at eight tens, keep it on the bloody road. And when, when you get to day five, you then look at who you're racing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, you, so a target car, you know, you're never repeating the same bit of road. So you never know what the road condition is, what track conditions, road condition is. Mm. So you can never really ultimately commit. Yeah. So you're never really pushing it to that point where, you know, oh, we've got understeer in that corner. We've got oversteer over there, you know. Because it could be, you know, you've got there and it's got a bit of moss on the road, particularly through Mount Arrowsmith or snow. Yeah. I did a couple of snow sessions. Yeah. A couple of snow years at, yeah. at Mount Arrowsmith. Um, you know, so, you know, you, you're never really needing setup as much as you do in circuit in, in rally. In yeah, okay. So it wasn't until that 1200 uh, um, national title that mm. I realised that, hey, I'm driving this thing as hard as I bloody can. Mm. I need something else. Yeah. You know, and then uh, and and th and that's when I start. And then obviously I bought the Stinger with Butcher, and yeah. And then I remember I I pestered that guy. <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? How do you do this? What do you, you know, <laughs> if my car's understeering? How do I change it? Well, where's it understeering? What do you mean where? Well, <laughs> there's entry, ex middle, and exit. You know, is it which part of the corner is it understeering at? Yeah. Oh shit, I don't know. Yeah. And I remember that next period of my driving career. Yeah. I'd be talking to myself in the car, going. What's the car doing? Where is it in there? Is it on the way in or is it on the way out? Or yeah, you know, yeah like to I, get I, yourself I, in the mental game. Yeah, and yeah. I, it, it took me a little bit of time to develop that ability to get that feel for what the car's doing. So, you know, it's really hard for these you know young kids that come in quickly to have that feel if they haven't. I mean, the mm. guys that have done go karts their whole life, they've got it naturally because they developed yeah. it through the younger years. Yeah. What's but your th What's your thoughts on? like the whole development process of cars. Obviously, people do come in with a budget because it is motorsport. If you've got money, you can go wherever you want, right? Yeah. But should there be like a licensing system to get to like a supercar? So should there be like you you got to race in the state level ranks for a bit to get somewhere? Is, what's your point? What's your perception? No, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in favour of the licensing system. I know that uh, Motorsport Australia has brought out this, um, you know, you need so many points to get a super licence. Yeah. A little bit what like, you know, Formula One's done. Mm. Um, you know, is it necessary in Australia? No, yep. but um, but the reality is, is you know, um, you know, I could name a number of drivers that have missed a missed a number of steps along the way of motorsport, gone from go karts to something seriously quick like a Porsche or a, or a, or a or Div Two, yeah, and are struggling. Yeah, you know, the the purpose of Toyota eighty six Formula Ford, mm. you know, the junior the junior motorsport categories. The purpose of that is to learn how to race. 
uh, how to set up a car. You know, yeah. I had no idea about setting up a car. Yeah. Um, you know, and even like we've gone into Trans Am this year. Mm. I've been around motorsport, you know, for a number of years now. Yeah. You know, and pretty successful. Uh, you know, I had a lot of success uh, in a lot of categories. Yeah. But the Trans Am is completely different in setup terms to anything I've ever had before. Yeah. You know, I've never had to play with, you know, anti dive, anti squat. You yeah. know, roll centers, all that sort of stuff. So the closest thing you've done to your Trans Am is the Daytona, isn't it? The twelve hour that you raced. Yeah, but I wasn't setting the car up. I was just a, I was, a, I was a guest driver, mate. Helmet, yeah. helmet in a bag. <laughs> Sort the car out, boys. That thing was sick, though. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the most favorite cars I've ever driven. I remember, I remember being there testing a Formula V with you. And do you remember that you and your old man were there testing that Daytona? Oh, that was our Daytona. That was your Daytona. Yeah. So can you explain that? Can you explain the da- the other Daytona then? Because I was that that was in my head as I was as I was no, preparing. No, so. <laughs> So when, when when we had the 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 workshop the mechanic workshop yeah we actually imported a couple of cobras and this guy had this Daytona yeah sitting there so we said oh well it's a race car it's just a rolling chassis let's let's bring that over too yeah oh my god what a that that, that thing needed some development <laughs> so um you know and, and we we spent a shitload of money we'll never make that money back actually we sold it yeah um but um you know we spent so much money on that car and again just struggled for time to test it. Yeah, you know, and then we eventually said, okay, well, let's put it in an event because we'll then at least do something with it. Mm. Um, and you know, we blew up a first engine, and then because it was actually it was just a second-hand engine that we'd done, and so, yeah. so then we had to build an engine for it. Um, um, you know, and then my dad bloody had it at um, at Wakefield and had contact with another guy. Yeah, so I had to go into the shop and get all bloody reglassed, and you know, I mean, yeah, right. It wasn't to be honest, it wasn't the best glassing job original mm. um, that we'd ever seen either. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so the, our Daytona was uh, just something that we were building as a side project. Mm. But the Daytona was um, Daytona sports cars. Yeah. Um, so Did you own that car? No, 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 no. That was um, uh, Richard Bendel uh, uh, owned yep. his own Motec. Um, yeah, believe. okay, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they had their, yep. that, that, so they ran Daytona sports cars. They had the Daytona Coupe and then they also had the Dodge Viper for the 12-hour. Yeah, okay. So, um, so we got a call up for that and um, got a, 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 you know, Mm. Got a, got got a really good opportunity there, and um, you know those guys were awesome. Yep. You know, and um, you know, I mean, geez, I went to, went to Bathurst and did a sub, you know, sub two ten. Yeah. So I mean, we weren't allowed to actually. Yeah. Uh, being an invitational class, we were supposed to be uh, minimum time two ten. Yeah. So I did a couple under the two ten. So that's yeah. that's always a highlight when you can be sub two ten at Bathurst. Yeah, we were talking about ages, ages ago. I was, I was obviously you were going to the Gold Coast and you were into Aussie racing cars. Do you remember much of your Aussie racing car days and how different those cars were to what you'd previously driven, like in, you know, Tarmac Rally and, you know, the V? Well, we only did the one event. So yeah. I did a test day at Oran Park. Yep. Um, and to be honest with you, and again, this shows you how stupid we were back then. Mm. Um, so again, we are a bit tight for dollars and my dad and I both did it. Um, we didn't even buy tyres for the cars for the Gold Coast event. Yeah. So we ran on, I don't know, old tyres. Who knows? I mean, Phil Ward ran it back then and... Uh, I don't think we got a very good car. You know, as soon as yeah. we said we're not, we're not buying tires. Yeah, we said, you know, have you got decent tires? Oh, yeah, we got some decent tires. Okay, well, if you got decent tires, we won't buy tires. Yeah, um, you know, it's just a fun event, one off, blah blah blah. Yeah. I reckon we had the crappiest, worst tires that he had in his shed. Yeah, um, and then and then um, and and then um, you know, I drove out of first practice and the bloody diff went. Yeah, you know, right. and, he, and he took my money. You know, my deposit for the diff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got, we sort of got like to be honest with you. So it wasn't the best a, experience. No, it left a really really bad taste in my mouth. The whole experience, the car wasn't what I believed it was. 
was meant to be. Yeah. Um, you know, what was d- the car? Was it a Commodore or a Ford? Or do you remember it? Uh, I think I had a Ford. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember. My dad. Yeah. My dad raced there as well that weekend. So yeah, we, both, okay. we had two cars. Yeah. And my, dad, my dad in race three, someone came from another postcode and smashed into the side of him and ripped the whole side of his car. Yeah. And I remember there's images of him trying to push this other car off of his car, <laughs> and then they got a safety car and he's still driving behind the safety car, bodywork flapping, <laughs> and they got this black flag for trying to call him in. And he's going, "I'm not coming in. Yeah, I want to finish this out. <laughs> So That's they got, mad. So yeah. so yeah, he lost his full deposit too. So yeah, so, right. so we lost 20, 20 grand there, ten grand each deposit on the cars. Yeah, wasn't ten grand. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Long story short, if we were treated better, I probably would have stayed in Aussie cars because those things were really fun to drive. Yeah. Okay. So. And and obviously, um, some people may have seen on your Facebook you posted um a picture of you with a I think it was a Nurb- was a Nurburg twenty four hour race was it or in oh, a, in Spa. It's yeah, Spa, Spa twenty five hour. Yeah. I've done a lot. Oh, twenty five. So it was actually a twenty five hour race. Twenty five hour race. It's yeah. called it was called the Fun Cup. So yeah. I actually I did the um, Sepang twelve hour. Yep. Um, and whilst we we're at the Sepang 12 hour, that was a cool event. Yep. Um, actually, we finished third, so I got this mad trophy. It's got the Formula One symbol on it and everything because it's at the Formula One track. Yeah, right. That's probably my coolest trophy. It probably means the least because it was only a class trophy, but yeah. But it's the coolest looking one. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Sepang, though? Was that just oh, it was going to Malaysia and stuff? Oh, like, dude, but even like, you know, like <laughs> like the driver's briefing goes, look, you know, if you break down, you can't, you can't get help, you can't get towed in. But yeah. if you get out of the car, you can run to the pits, grab your jack and a spare wheel, come back, jack your car on the track and fix it. And you go, what do you fix mean? it on the track? Yeah, like they were like so loose. Really? It was so backward, some of the regulations they had. Wow. The lighting was so bad. I remember at the back side of the circuit, you know, your breaking point was the, sh- the shadow before the light. You know, <laughs> so you couldn't really see the track. It's just like, and I mean, because it's lighting, it's yeah. the shadow stays the same all night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, so you just winged it around that track yeah, to get around the track. It was cool. It was cool fun. It was a 996, but, and it was so bloody hot there, humid. I mean, they mm. trashed those cars. Who were your teammates in that car? Uh, that car? I, so I had Danny Stuttard. Yep. Um, I can't even remember who the other guy was. Yeah. Um, but Danny was cool, and, and Danny said, that's how, that's how yeah. I found out about the Spa 25-hour. He goes, yeah. you got to do this 25-hour race in Spa. It's, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. And I went, oh, okay, well, what is it? And we had a look and, you know, there was 120-something V-Dub Beetles yeah. in fiberglass shells yeah. with a polo engine with paddle shifts and they weren't very fast. Yeah. But there's 120 cars. You're slipstreaming, a bit like Formula Yeah, Mini's. right, wow. So I went, I went, hell yeah. And it wasn't expensive. It was like, I can't remember. I think it was like 10,000 euro or something. Yeah, to just to enter and go to, in that yeah, race. to go in. Yeah, right. So, so we, we got a team with me, my dad, and a couple of other guys and – how many people per car? Four. Four. Yeah, right. And, wow. And, and I took I took my mechanic over Adam. Yep. So I took my mechanic uh, to a lot of places. So Adam came to Sepang. Yeah, I was going to actually ask about Adam. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I mean, so and he was my licensee of my mechanic shop. So him and I were partners. Yep. Um. So um, you know, I mean, yeah, well, that's how I set up the workshop. Is is I took Adam to Sepang. I said took him like when I did the Mark car twelve hours. Him him and Rimmy came and worked on the cars. Yeah. Um, right. Wow. You know, so I, I took my guys. Always with me wherever I could to another team with the Daytona Sports. Yeah, so you were loyal to your team. Yeah, like your but team members. it was it was twofold. One is I also wanted my boys to learn from other teams what other teams did. Yeah, and therefore bring it back to our team and we could do better. Yeah, you okay. know. So it was always about always learning. Yeah, I thought you were taking the piss on the unit when you said Nurburg twenty five hours. Like, yeah, I was pretty no, sure no, it's a miss. Hours, yeah. yeah, right. So, how did that race go? Like, do you remember? Because it's a fucking twenty five hours is a long time, mate. Adam sat Adam sat on the pit wall for twenty five hours. Really, whole twenty five hours. How the fuck did he do that? I, I would have fallen asleep by mate, twelve. I think he had a fifteen minute sleep <laughs> and so, a shitload of Red Bull. So I don't know, yeah, probably, but um, 
But um, and we had a hotel like five minutes up the road. So yeah. um, so I remember because um, I did a go kart 24 hour race. Uh, before we went over at Eastern Creek, at Eastern Creek, yeah, I think I was at that same race. So I've done two of them. Yeah, I, did one, right. I, bought, I bought a cart and just put all my mechanics, and we just went for fun. Yeah, and and I tried to stay awake all night, and it stuffed me. Yeah, but it was a good education that when we did this twenty-five hour race, I got out of the car, went back to the hotel. Don't worry about the car, just go to sleep. Yeah, so I went out at sleep, came back fresh as daisy. Let's go again. Yeah, so right. it was, that was a real good learning thing for me as well. Yeah, so, okay. um, yeah, right. So, so you were talking about um, obviously. You did mini. We're talking off air about you like you did mini challenge, um, and for you, I think you did. You compete at the Grand Prix. That was also another short stint, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Well, we bought the we we decided that because um, in Target Taz we got our gold um, gold trophy for three consecutive finishes yeah. within Target time, and then um, then we had a, uh, a bust, and then we and then we had a second a second string of three, which I think gives you your platinum, and that was about two thousand and ten. So we had that year that we wanted to finish that uh, and then close the chapter of Targa. Because uh, we, we'd witnessed a lot of people die in, yeah. in Targa's. And there was a, a couple, you know, there was a big scare for us where, you know, we had a massive moment at Targa West at high speed. Yeah. Just, you know, and um, and uh, the rally before we finished um, third outright at uh, Classic Adelaide in the, in the modern section. Yeah. Might have been the only year they did modern. And... Um, did that wake you up? That call, though, like, well, d- at that that one, we, there were some guys that we knew that were fairly conservative, and they died in a Porsche. And um, wow, and and it was like, you know what? If these guys could die, and I just had my second kid at that point, and my dad goes, "Mate, we need to stop. We need yeah. to stop doing this." And um, and so that's when we sort of decided we were going to start focusing more on some circuit stuff. And mm. you know, so I've always had the national program, um, with, with, whether it be targets, and then it transferred across to, and we decided to go to mini challenge. We we were yeah. at. I think at Homebush and we were watching these minis and we're going, oh, look, there's only like 12 cars. You've got to get some sort of sponsorship feedback here because you, <laughs> you've only got 12 cars to see. Yeah. So um, so we bought a mini and, um, you know, I ended up running a couple of events the next year. Grand Prix, made my debut uh, yeah. with Scotty McLaughlin. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he I remember four, that. He was yeah. a 14-year-old rookie. Yeah. Actually, I, uh, I fucked up in that race. I... Uh, I'd only ever driven Tarmac Rally, which, you know, yeah. you're, you're a little bit conservative, and Formula V. Yeah. So, um, um, so... Who was in that field? There was McLaughlin, yourself. Uh, Do you Barry, remember any other, Barry anyone Litton, else? Paul Stokel. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember. Paul's a good driver. Oh, Paul, yeah. Yeah. Mate, how many Australian yeah. titles that guy got? Yeah, I know. But, um, yeah, but I, I actually come through the chicanes and they got the tyres out. First time I've ever experienced tyres. Yeah. You know, turn the wheel, your wheel sits out like this. Yep. Bloody pulled the whole freaking wheel off out of the, and the upright out on a tire barrier. Yeah, I went. Oh, well, there's a lesson learned. Because <laughs> in, in in an open wheeler, you can see your wheels. Yeah, so you can judge it. In a car, yeah. I can see the panels, but you and can't I didn't see. think about the wheel sticking out. So you know, you go and close, but I didn't think about the wheel and ripped the wheel off. Yeah. So there was another little lesson there. So the Grand Prix and then and then Townsville. We had. You know, I, I did three events: Townsville, um, Homebush, and, and AGP. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, Townsville, we had electric, uh, you know, sensor issues and uh, <laughs> Homebush, we had radiator issues. Yeah, I've never, I've never personally as a driver, as you know, I'm just a state level driver, but I've never been on a street circuit properly. How did you find going from like the state level ranks to a street circuit? Like, was it you intimidating know, my, my or anything? Son, my, my son, my son races motocross and when he was first started riding, I, I had this one rule. I said, you just got to make sure you watch where you're going. Yeah. Same thing with street circuits. Yeah, okay. Don't look at the walls. Look where you're going. Yeah, true. You know, a, race, a race circuit's got a freaking white line on either side. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference? And stay, these, in the, stay in the circuit. Yeah, these days, yeah, you're actually helping. You're more focused on your son's motocross career. Yes. Yeah, so he's, how's, how's he's, that going he's for He's sucking you? a fair bit of time out of me. 
<laughs> I mean, in essence, that's also reduced my motorsport involvement because, you know, we used to do 30-odd race weekends a year with cars. Mm. And the last three or four years, my son's been doing a lot of motocross. And, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it, it, it means that I don't have that time to go to cars if I want to give, you know, him yeah. the time. And, you know, and he's going half all right. So, yeah. You know, and you know, I mean, what, what's the bike that he's running like? What, so he's he's KDM. He loves the KDM. Yeah, In fact, okay. he did the um, KTM um, uh, kids. What is it? Uh, junior challenge at the um, oh the uh, big Ozex Open. Yeah, okay. Um, and you know what? They really looked after the kids there. Mm. Um, that's such a good that's such a good little program that KDM do there mm. because my kid is orange for the rest of his life because yep. of that. He is now so yeah, orange. Right. Wow, you know they looked after him. He loved the whole thing. He, I mean, he he got given uh, riding gear. Yep, by they, KTM. By KTM for that event. They all the kids, all the kids, no way. All, all the kids were dressed the same. Yep. And um, did mate, he get to he, keep it? Yeah, mate. He he wore that gear for nearly two years. Wow, like, that stuff was so worn out. I mean, he had other gear. <laughs> yeah, but he kept going to that gear. Yeah, so, right. Um, yeah, no, the K, the KDM guys do a really really good job. So um, yeah, KDM Australia, a fantastic brand. Mm. They really know how to market well and. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Can you can you explain the difference between like I don't know like jack shit about motocross, but can you explain the difference between like car racing that we've done to compared to like their junior system in motor in motocross and how they get through their drivers through the ranks? Like I, I know about Chad Reed and the big superstars like Travis Pastrana, but how do they get there? Do you as now you've got a son in the ranks? Do yeah, you know? you know what the biggest thing that I <laughs> uh, the biggest thing that sort of really sort of threw me off guard was mm. um you know we rock up to the circuit and um. And, um, you know, the flaggies are there, everything's there. You go sign on and you do your bit and you're only focused on yourself. Yeah. You know, you go to the motocross, every parent's got to p- provide a flaggy. You know, yeah. I'm rocking up with just me and my son, so I'm try- I've am i got to try and prep my kids' bikes, get him out of the track and flag. And flag, well. You know, so you so they normally got like three or four sessions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and and my kids are short ass. Yeah. So every time he moves up to the next level bike, he can't touch the ground. I'm like... Man, how do I flag and do this? And yeah, right. A, and it was a real juggling act. So that was probably one of the hardest things. But you know, they like they've got the same sort of thing. You know, they do a, a, a practice slash qualifying. Yeah. Um, and then they and then they do you know three races. Yep. So it's a similar sort of concept. You know, as as junior yeah. cars. Yeah. You know, you've got a, a racing structure. You've got a class structure. It's done on age. Yeah. Um. So they're all in their age and their CC of their bikes and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How'd you um. We'll go back to your car racing career, and we'll go. We'll I love the, love the motocross chat, but we'll go back to your car racing career. You were a, a club champion at ARDC. Um, how did how did that all come? Out? How does actually? I don't even really know. How did the whole? How do you win an ARDC like club level? How do you get on the board? Because when I go there, I'm like my stepdad's on there. I'm like, how do you get there? So I actually I didn't know I won the first one. Yeah, with you. Um, I actually so I won it three times. So real fortunate. Mm. Um, a little bit, little bit helped by the fact I was running two categories. So, ARD, if you're an ARDC member, mm-hmm. you are automatically scoring points every time you race at 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 City Motorsport Park. Yeah, right. Okay. So um, now, I was uh, at that time when I won. Mm. Probably the most popular categories at the time in terms of entry numbers was production cars yep. and Formula V. Yep. So even if I only had have run um, one of the categories, like if they had a limited everybody to one category. Mm. Um, I still probably would have won because I was prob- I was winning in the biggest numbered because c- it also works 
on numbers. So if, if you have less competitors, you score less points or something. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Um, but I remember Neil Mustin coming to me and saying he was really pissed that I beat him one time. <laughs> but he was also running two categories too. He was running. Yeah, um, right. So some of these guys really want to win it. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really, like, like I said, I didn't even know I won it the first time. Yeah. Um, you so were just like, holy shit, my name's on a board. Well, <laughs> no, they, they, they said, um, hey, do you want to come to the, the presentation? We, we, we want to do a presentation for your club championship for ARDC. I went. Sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. And did you ever, when you were doing Formula V racing, were you ever tempted by, oh, so I'm a Formula Ford driver, were you tempted to do ever Formula Ford racing at all or not really? Oh, this is this is, this is is a contentious answer here. Yeah. Really. Were you no, ever like... Yeah. I wasn't. And the reason being is, is um, the skill set, and this is why I say it's a contentious answer because the people in Formula Ford are going to disagree with me heavily. That doesn't matter. It's a, but, it's, you can say whatever you want here. But the skill set <laughs> that you learn in Formula V is the same as Formula Ford. Formula Ford's a bit faster. Yeah. So... But, I mean, how many times have you been on a track when Vs and Fords are on the track for a practice day together? Yeah. The corner speed is, you mean, the, same. is the same. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Ford has more speed out of the corner, so they're quicker. You've yep. got more CCs. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, you know, you've got 1600s and we've yeah. got 1600s. But, but, you know, ours are, you know, 1952, 1600s. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and the thing that, um, you know, all through my career, I look for bang for buck. You know, yep. what can I get out of it and how much do I need to put into it? Yeah. Uh, and I've never been lured into that you know i need to do something bigger and better so i got i got plenty out of plenty of reward out of racing a formula e like you'll know with fords mm. you know the rate the racing the close quarter racing is a really cool feeling that's adrenaline rush oh mate like like going go you know sometimes four wide through yeah. through turn one at eastern creek yep. or turn one at phillip island oh, i love phillip island mate, you're four wide sometimes and it's like like sometimes you don't know if you're coming out the other side. Yeah. Like you know your butt puckers up like nothing else. Yeah. I mean that's cool. You yeah. Know, that's re- and you know what and everybody gives each other that because you're open wheels mm. and you can end up in the sky. You're really really close like overlapping. Yeah. But everybody gives each other enough respect. Yeah. Um and it's good quality racing. So you know so like I say the the stuff that V's taught is a, is the same stuff that Formula Ford teaches. Mm. Um. Yet if I if I if I you know been a V yeah. and it's sixteen hundred bucks front and disc to disc on the front end yeah you know how much is a corner on a Ford oh, Ford's a few grand yeah yeah you know so <laughs> I, I I mean the gearbox from di- gearbox and disc to disc is like under two grand yeah including the gearbox yeah you know like mate I can bin plenty of them yeah Do, you know? for me the most fun. Um, Ford races the Phillip Island Classic, the historics, because it's got 50 car fields. Yep. And you've raced 50 car fields in Vs. Yep. What's the like the adrenaline rush racing in a big field for people who have never raced open wheels? Well, like, uh, you know, the actual racing in the big, like, to be perfectly honest, Formula Vs really are not, they're not a fast car. Mm. So if you, for some reason, are Phillip Island to buy yourself, buy yourself around Phillip Island mm. in a Formula V, yep. boring as batshit. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's on it. So you're on your own. Yeah, yeah you're it's on boring. your own. It's a big ass track. And, and it's not a high powered car. So Phillip Island on your own in a Formula V, boring as batshit. Yeah. But mate, when you're in a group of, and, and you know, if you're, if you're in a group of eight, which is always the case, or yeah. more at Phillip Island, you could be leading coming onto the straight and you'll be eighth at the end of the straight because the <laughs> slipstream is so strong. Yeah. So, you know, it's the exciting part is, is you know, you're, you're mentally thinking about where to place your car. You know, how do, how do I get the best run onto the straight? How do I slipstream this guy? And then that into turn one, how committed am I? 
Um, you know, and, and when I say committed, everybody's flat. Yeah. But it's like, you know, how do I have that the, the smallest, you know, steering input, you know, yeah. to try and get the least amount of scrub? How do I, you know, position myself in the lead up to that so yeah. that I'm in a position to do that because there's three other guys there that I'm trying to get in between. Yeah. How do I put my wheel so that, you know, I've got the upper hand through the exit of the corner? Yeah, you to, know, there's, to there's, try and be f- first across the line. So, yeah, well, even even yeah. for that next the next lap, you know, yeah. like how do, I, how do I get to Southern mm. before the next guy by the commitment I make through turn one? Yeah, right. So turn one's the best thing about. Well, actually, there's a lot of good things about Phillip Island. Mm. You know, well, is is that is that your favorite? Tr- is that one of your favorite tracks? <laughs> I don't, or, or I do don't. you like? Or do you do you, do you, do you, like if you compare both tracks, or do you just think they're very very different? I love every track. You yeah. know, like I know there's people that hate going to Wakefield because they call it a goat track. Yeah, it's just a different challenge. Yeah, you know, I love every track for for different reasons. You know, like Wakefield, Wakefield clearly doesn't have you know the facilities and and the circuit maintenance mm. that, you know, a Phillip Island or, or, or an mm. ARDC, uh, SMSP has, mm. um, you know, but it has, other, you know, <laughs> a Formula V is a pretty agricultural car, mm. mate. All your bolts, nuts and bolts are coming loose by the end of the, <laughs> by yeah. the, end of the weekend. You know, you've got to make sure you maintain the car. How do I ride the bumps? You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's just a different element, you know. Yeah. How do I set this car up to suit this? Yeah. What's your input on the whole Wakefield scenario? Like what well, is it's bullshit? What it, it's bullshit. That's it. <laughs> it's too. It's, it's like buying a house next to the airport and uh, and, and then complaining about the airplanes. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> what a dickhead. Yeah, you know, like uh, it's a, you know, I, I mean, I think all of us in mo- the motorsport industry are the same. Yeah, uh, well, I it, do. I think I'm just asking your opinion on it. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's bullshit. Well, I mean, like if you go, I've got an investment property at Bathurst. Yeah, um, in my super, and in my contract, it actually st- stipulates that there's a, a, a noise. Like I can't complain about the noise. Yeah, right. So in my contract of my property in Bathurst, yep. say, says there's a racetrack there mm. and tough shit. And that's what should happen with the Wakefield properties, I'd say. Well, well it, I, I've heard I've heard through the grapevine that it's only like literally one property. I've know? heard that too. And yeah. if one property ruins uh, an economy of a town, yeah. anyway, it's a political discussion. It's probably not one that... Oh, that's all right. I, I, we, yeah. we can get oh, everybody in motorsport is, probably, is, is, is all on the same thought pattern. Yeah. Well, I'll bring in, I'll do a segue here. You, you, are, you are huge into the Winton 300 type of racing. Is, yeah. is that what got you into the whole um, co-driver endurance stuff before the Bathurst or like after? Did you, did that continue? Did that want to make you continue in endurance racing, the Winton 300? Like, did that make you enjoy endurance racing from uh, a state level? Well, I just, lo- I mean, I just love driving cars. Yeah. You know? And you go do endurance racing, you get heaps of seat time. Yeah. So endurance racing in general is just, you know, and and you know what I, I like I, I really loved like that twenty five hour spa race. I did a two hour forty seven minute stint in a car. Yeah. You know, and and the mental concentration to make sure you hit every apex, you know, lap after lap, consistency laps. You know that I I love that stuff. You know. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be the fastest guy because, like I said, I'm not the best on a new tire, mm. which probably hurt me in the eighty six series. You know, I mean, I was always a little yeah. bit further back in the field because everybody's so freaking good. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good series for teaching people, uh, you know, mm. how to how to qualify a car, how to get the maximum out of a new tyre, you know. Yeah. You've sold those cars, haven't you? Or, or yeah. One got, did one get right off or one no, got... No, no. No, you still no, got so them I, sold, I sold three cars yeah. um, and the truck. So um, yeah. I, I made a decision that... Um, so when I, sold, when I sold the workshop... Mm. Um, I brought the lease cars back home um, and, you know, I got a big shed and hoisted everything. And I just was doing the leasing from home. Uh, I got rid of the mechanical shop and then, um, you know, I just ended up doing a lot of work on the cars. So mm. but w- what came from that 
was I'd get to the I'd get to the weekend. I mean, I'd bring the boys in for the big work, gearboxes, engines, all that sort of stuff. Mm. But all the setup stuff and all that, I I I'd do all the patch in and everything. And um, yeah, you know, I, I was working my butt off. I wasn't doing enough work on the property stuff, mm. and I was doing shitloads on the cars. Yeah, and the cars aren't generating me income, and I'm not <laughs> and I'm not growing the property business. So it's like, yeah, and and I'd get to the racetrack, and I was freaking over it. I'd just get there, and I just I, I'd literally just sit down once everything was done. And, you know, we're, we're well-structured when we get to the track. I've got a team manager, I've got a data engineer, I've got, you know, a lead mechanic on every car, a secondary mechanic across either two cars or, or on each car. Mm. You know, so structure, structurally we were always well set up on the weekends, mm. but I had to work my butt off during, during the weeks to get the cars there. And, um, yeah, it, took a lot of, it, just, it just took a lot of toll on me um, personally in terms of uh, my enjoyment level. I, you know, I got to the weekends and I just sit down and I stopped developing my cars during the race weekend. I stopped... You know, the passion let's, had gone. The passion had gone, but even the desire to chase setup. You know, like yeah, yeah we're just a, we're just a smidge off. It's like ah, oh, fuck it, she'll do. Yeah, just let's go drive it. You know, yeah. I, I just you know because I was so buggered from all the work. You know, so me getting out of the eighty sixes was you know what I need to go back a step and go back to just enjoying cars. Yeah, where'd you finish in the championship? Was it top? F- it was fifth, wasn't it? Or something uh, like that. We, the first year we finished third. Yeah. Uh, the second year we had a contentious issue at Bathurst, and I, mm. I think I didn't go to the final round because uh, there was. Bit of politics going on. Bit of politics going on, and we yeah. got we got we got we got we got fined and 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 charged for uh, incorrectly, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I actually got my data engineer to do a full report. I was going to hand to the, the thing. We we got screwed. Yeah, um, you just weren't happy. And with the I, call. and and you know what? If we had been involved in something in that final round, mm. we would have been hammered like like stupid hammered. So I just went, you know what? I just don't need it. Yeah. So we didn't. So the second year we didn't do the whole thing, and then the third year that I did it, um, we were actually running third in the championship. We would have finished third, but then Brooksy bloody binned it at Newcastle. Yeah. My mate Brooksy. Yeah. Um, Tim and did I, really well over the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, Tim, mate, that guy can steer. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> well, but he works freaking hard. You know how I said that I just yeah. wasn't willing to develop the car as tired? Yeah. Mate, Brooksy and his boys, they put that they earn every position they get. Yeah. Those guys work harder than anybody I've ever seen on, yeah. on any cars. At any team I've ever been to, does on Cut, one car. Does Cutsy still come to all his races? Yep. Yeah, right. So he's loyal like you. He's actually got a similar format. Yep. You know, we're both in real estate, but you've got a similar format. Yep. So if you guys have built a really strong relationship over the year, like friendship and whatnot. Um, and I, sp- I sponsored Brooksy into a bit of it. Yeah, so okay. When, so we, we, we supported Brooksy's first full year in Vs. Yep. And we supported Brooksy's first full years in 86. Yeah, so, okay. Which, you know, we, we weren't the only ones, but... yeah. We help that step for to you know go yeah. back yourself have a go. Yeah. And you 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 when you were kind of getting over your racing career, you were you were leasing out cars. How did that all begin and start? Well, the V's. I mean, I had the I had the um, the mini challenge car, mm. and I, we still had targets. So I couldn't do every round. So one when we were at Target Tasmania, I actually lent the car my um, mini challenge car to Butcher. Yeah. And he he, got, he was so scared because he didn't have money to fix it that he didn't want to crash it, so he hung at the back. Yeah. Um, and then Maddie McKeldon ran into him. Yeah, uh, right. car. So he didn't have the money to fix it. So I said, "Well, just give me another Formula V. Build me another V." Yeah. So I ended up with two Vs, and then um, another guy uh, was getting out, and then I, I bought his car cheap. So I had three Vs, and it was like, "Well, let's start leasing the cars." Yeah. And then um, you know, one thing led to the next, and then we had you know, then we had the workshop, and then we built up another couple of Evos because we were doing the Evo thing. And yeah, how many so how many V how many cars at one point? What was the what was the max point for you in the shop? How many cars did you can you remember for? Uh, for me, for memory, I'd say I think you'd probably have about eight or seven cars. I think just for memory, that. more than that. Yeah, we had more than that. Yeah, well, we had three Vs. I think at one point we had four Evos. We had three nines and a ten. Yeah. Um, I had the Daytona. Um, 
and then we and then and then there was a changeover period when we had the eighty sixes and uh we I think we had two pretty quickly because we were already set up to be doing leasing. Yeah. Um, and you know the leasing was quite good in you know if I had a state a bit smaller, mm. it probably would have kept my enthusiasm a bit better. Yeah. But um, you know, because because if you take two cars, mm. it actually it actually reduces your your cost of racing significantly. Yeah. Because okay. you know the second car, um, you know the hotel room I only need I, like. I've already got a team manager. He mm-hmm. can run two cars, not just mine. I've already yep. got a data engineer. He can run two cars, not just mine. Yep. You know, I've got a lead mechanic and a secondary mechanic on my car. I only need to put another lead mechanic on. So I've only got one extra guy mm. to run two cars. Yeah. You know, the secondary mechanic can run across two cars. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, so what, it cost me one extra guy. Yeah. So that's not bugger all extra. You know, I mean, I'm getting an Airbnb house anyway because we've got enough crew. Yeah. So it's not accommodation's not that much more. Food's not that much more. Yeah. You know, and and then so it's just the entry and the tires and the, and the time to prep. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of that myself, so I'm saving them. I'm not paying. Mm. I'm doing it. So um, the cost to run a second car was not very high. Mm. So therefore, that subsidised a lot of my racing. So a lot of my leasing was around me benefiting. You know, how do I get the most cost effectiveness out of my racing. Yeah. And you, you had a, you actually built a good relationship with one of the guys who leased your car, Jacob Andrews. Was it Jake? Was it yeah. Jacob? He, well, he started in V's and he eventually got to production cars, but yeah. Yeah. So how was, how's your friendship with him? Like you said off air that you'd do anything for that family. Like, right. Like, but they're just good people. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I haven't, um, you know, I, I don't have a relationship with them off, you know, today. Yeah. Um, but in saying that I rang, I rang his dad, Tim Andrews. Oh, I don't know, probably late last year, just said, yeah. I think his birthday came up on my Facebook feed. Yeah, okay. Andrew's birthday. I just rang him and said, hey, mate, happy birthday. How you going? You know, just yeah. good family. I asked him, because Jacob ended up going over to do a mechanical engineering degree in, in England. Yep. Um, and he did some mini he did some mini challenge in England. Yeah, in the right. I wonder where he went. Yeah, yeah okay. so he went and did some of that stuff over there. And um, yeah, so, you know, like, you know, they continue to do stuff. And, um, you know, just a, just a great family, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, with the leasing stuff, mm. I've worked with a lot of really, really good people, and 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 you know, you mm. know, I mean, I could probably name a dozen, or, but I don't want to because yeah, you know, you've I, been I, told I, William Pym, and Pimmy's Pimmy's a good character. Oh, Pimmy's a character, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, you know, but I, like you know, um, you know, like Will Couchy from from Newcastle, you know, a good yeah. guy, you know, like um, like I say, I don't want to start naming people because then I'm going to forget people. So I don't actually want to go down the road of naming people, but I've, but I've also been burnt as well. Yeah. You know, so on the flip side, yeah. um, you know. There's been times where I make a good deal. I, I try to make a cost-effective racing when I'm leasing. Yeah, you try um, to be as nice as possible because yeah. it's, it's it's a business. Well, for it's you. a hobby business. It's yeah, not it's, a it's hobby not bit. my primary source of income. Yeah, so it's a hobby business. So you know, so I'm not, you know, like 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 the Sonics, you know, who run a really good sh- ship wall mm. racing. Um, you know, any of the big teams, mm. you know, they've got bigger overheads. They've got you know B doubles. They've got workshop space. You know, mm. I mean, and we had our our workshop as well. But again, it was a, a it was a, a road car workshop as well. So it mm. had multiple sources of income. Um, I mean, I got rid of that because of the road car side. You know, yeah. some staff wanted to go start their own staff. Um, I didn't have enough staff. It was so that's at, all at gone now, is it? The whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing was, it was just wasn't worth a headache to me. Yeah. You know, I was putting way too much time into all of that stuff. Mm. And, you know, it's not generating me personal income. Yeah. Yes, I was writing off a lot of my bit, my racing expenses through there. Yeah. But it wasn't, I, I wasn't getting ahead with it and I wasn't putting any focus onto the property stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, and with the property stuff, um, as you you're involved in now, you're not actually people know you for the CXC thing, but that's your bit. Yeah, that's your dad's company, isn't? It? So what's well, what's the whole backstory to that? So so CXC Global is a is a um, uh, contractor management company. It does salary packaging and payroll for contractors. Yeah. Um, globally, 
Yeah. So, yeah, so that's my dad's company. It was my dad's company. You know, he started it in the mid-90s, mm. um, you know, and, and grew it into, you know, a, a very a very decent-sized company that is global. Yeah. Um, so my sponsorships always come from there, a, yeah. lot, a lot of it. And, um, and um, you know, and, and, and he's now retired, so mm. he's no longer in there. I mean, I think he still has a... a a chair in the boardroom, but he's no yeah. longer involved in the business at all. Uh, he, he's, he's effectively sold out. Yeah. Um, I still retain some sponsorship, which is yeah. great for me. Yeah. Um, so, um, but you know, but I also, I think I, I do a great job in promoting that brand and, you know, um, a, a lot of sponsorships um, are, are about brand awareness. You know, there's plenty of people who know CXC Global mm. because of a symbol on the side of the car. Oh, a lot of people would know outside of the national stuff, you know, like the Porsche. It was on the Porsche, so that would have got the company a fair bit of exposure. Yeah, well, and, and the Porsche one. Of that yeah. <laughs> so with you um, obviously focusing on your son's career right, right now, um, are you using any of your, like um, – mental strength to get him prepared to move up to the next, like each level, each, each level he goes in motocross. Is there any resemblance that you use at all? Do you know what? Like <laughs> I, I, I'm not pushing my kid to be anything. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, I, it's, it, I didn't mean for him to get into motocross and competitive the way he did. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for his sixth birthday, I bought him a, um, you know, a little TTR and, yeah, you know he's doing little burnouts with training wheels on it, and um, yeah, and um, you know, and then it's like, oh well, where do you ride these bloody things? You know, I didn't know much about the motocross scene. Yeah, um, I've always been a bit of a bush rider. I've done a lot of the transmotos, and yeah. so I mean, I've always gone okay on a bike, but it's always you know bush enduro sort of stuff, yeah. um, not motocross. And um, yeah, so um, when did you buy your first bike? Like your first like bike to just have fun before your son got into it? Well, I had a Pee Wee Fifty when I was a Kid, kid. Yep. Um, and then, and then when I was uh, probably late teens, I ended up with a YZ one two five. Yep. Um, and yeah, we used to go up to like Mile Lakes and Waddigans and all that sort of stuff, and I rode there. And then you know, and then and then didn't have a bike for a while. Went travelled, and um, and then and then really sort of got into a lot more riding. Probably like you know, yeah, mid to you know early to mid twenties. Yeah. Is there any? There's photos of here on the internet. I don't really normally use much of the internet here on Facebook, but you've actually. Like driven two-stroke carts as well as the four-stroke stuff. Do you remember much of that time at all? Have you done? Do you remember much? Of your, this is just completely off topic. But have you gone? No, I haven't really done. I don't. Do know you remember two-stroke cart I've ever done? Oh, two-stroke. So it's just, oh, that oh, was that my been, nephew. That was your nephew. Oh, yeah, oh. Nephew. So we, we sponsored my nephew in a go kart racing, and he went actually pretty good. I think he got a lap record. Like he was really good at Eastern Creek. I think he struggled a little bit more mm. uh, traveling. But yeah, my nephew did a lot of go karting uh, for about four, five, six years. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we've we've actually supported a lot of carters over the years. Um, you know, I've always been taught that you need to give give back. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've always, I mean, in fact, when I got the high tech deal, uh, you know, mm. I yeah, I had a, had a mate of mine wanting me to sponsor his kid f for some go karts for some tires and stuff. And at that point, I didn't have enough. I didn't have enough budget for me to go racing. Yeah. Um, and I was pedaling a bit, and um, and um, yeah, you know, I ended up making a deal to give him a whole bunch of tires during the course of the year. Mm. And, um, you know, as I made that deal, I think it was the very next day, I'd been working on high-tech oils for a sponsor yep. for about 18 months. And um, and high-tech rang me the next day and said, all right, well, let's do it as a deal. What year was that? Do you remember? So I had them for, it uh, must be about five or six years ago now. So okay. uh, like 16-ish? Yeah, okay, 2016. 16, 17, somewhere around there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. And so you've helped... Um, as you said, you helped many, many drivers, and you had Cody Brzezinski in, yeah. in your car, and not in just your, your V, you've had him in your Lancer as well. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we supported them. I kind of, so his dad runs Hornsby Diff. Yep. So he's always done some work for us. 
Um, really good guy, you know. Um, you know, mm. hard working, you know. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, you just know, very laid back, loves cars. Loves cars and, um, you know, and, um, you know, just a great family and, um, you know, so his kid at that time when we, you know, when we first started doing some business together was, you know, going to, going to I think, Italy to represent um, Australia in the World Karting. Yep. Um, you know, and they were trying to get some funds together. So, you know, so we said, all right, no worries. And mm. I think we paid their their trip over, paid their flights over. And, and over that, we then started to develop. I can't remember what else. We did a number of supporting things for the next few years. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I've chucked Cody in Formula Vs and yep. Evos. And, you know, he's had drives on my, on my 86. And Yeah, right. Yeah, so, I mean, like, but again, like I say, you got to give back. Mm. I, I'm a big believer you need to give back. Yeah. Is there any, uh, I ask this normally on this podcast, but... Why the number sixty eight? Is there any <laughs> is there any reason behind the sixty eight, or is it just you just decide oh fuck it that was the that was the number that was on that car before I was on sixty eight? Yes, a bit bit of both. Bit of both. Okay. So that little twelve that twelve hundred that I bought way back when. Yep. So my number's actually twenty seven. If you noticed when I picked you, oh no, it wasn't in my car. Yeah. My number plate says Dill O two seven. Okay. So my number was twenty seven. Yep. Um, for no other actually. <laughs> <laughs> Long story behind that too. I was I was a hooker in rugby, number yep. two. Yep. Um, but I really liked number seven. But everybody liked number seven back in the day. So I didn't want to be yeah. number seven because everyone likes seven. Yeah. So I went, well, I'm hooker, twenty seven. Yep. That's yep. how I came with twenty seven. But um. So that wasn't Enton Center related. That was just you, just no, between the two. Just just like number seven, lucky se- lucky seven, and uh, and um, yeah, my 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 rugby days. Yeah. So um, and that's how twenty seven came. But then I, you know, I couldn't get twenty seven. Mm. Um, because another competitor had it, I actually tried to buy it off Simon Duffy. Yeah, okay. Um, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, rel- you know, relinquish it. And yep. um, so the car that I bought had sixty eight on it. Mm-hmm. So I just ran sixty eight. Yep. And then when I went to the sixteen hundreds, mm. I was like, I t- again, try to get number twenty seven, and I couldn't get it, and uh, blah blah blah. And then, and then I went, oh well, I'll run number ten. Mm. And um, and it was arrogance, you know, because yeah. I dominated the twelve hundreds. Yeah, and I went, well, you know, I'll run the ten, and when I get to the end of the year, we'll rip the zero off, and the one will be yeah, there. Yeah, okay. And it was shit. We had horrible run. Like it yeah. just like we could do nothing right. And then about two thirds of the way through the year, I went, fuck it, let's go back to the old number. Yeah, we put sixty eight back on, and we we're on the podium for the rest of the year. Yeah, okay. And that's how it stuck. Yeah, right. It's kind of like me with the number forty. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just stuck just, with it. I just, it just worked well for me, and I stuck with it. And yeah. in fact, I now live at number sixty-eight in my house. Yeah. Our, our, our race workshop was was eighty-six, and then we got into the eighty-six. It was just, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's uncanny how numbers can be, you know, uh, really consistent once you have it. Yeah. Is there any advice that you'd give? Because um, you are more of like an AM driver, but you've got the pro skills that you could give an AM driver to get into car racing. Like what? how to go about it. Like, as you said before, the V's type of thing, or just, it, is there a way to that you'd, is there any advice you'd give to like a race car driver listening? Well, it doesn't have to be seat time. Seat time. You know, yeah. like, like if you want to be good at anything, you need to do regular. I mean, like watching my son with a motocross, mm. all the kids that are good are on the bikes a lot. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, there's no, di- like all the go-karters that are good. Mm. are in the go-karts a lot. Yeah. You know, what's the difference? You know, yeah. what's the difference between a kid developing and growing up getting lots of seat time in what they're doing yeah and you know uh, uh, an am guy you know like let, let's say you've got you know a 50 year old guy that wants to jump in and start getting into motor racing mm. you know shahin he's, a, he's yeah. an example yeah. you know he got in you know from no background and mm. you know contentiously just won a national title yeah um, that I was quite interesting wasn't it uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for Jeff Emery, you can't beat uh, Motorsport Australia, even if you're right. I've, yeah. I've been down that road and I've spent a lot of money 
fighting the unlosable case and I lost. So yeah. um, I thought that was a clean pass in my opinion. Oh, that was 100% clean pass. No, no, anyway, that's... Ridiculous. <laughs> so Jeff... We'll insane. both get in trouble by that. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and you know what? Like that one, I don't care. That's clean yeah. as. Anyway, but, um, but, but still, Shaheen... Yeah. Part, you know, legit or not legit on that pass, yeah. he was in a position to win a national title for Am. Yeah. So there's a guy, you know... I, I think he stated that he was like, you know, mid to late 50s when he started racing. Yeah. You okay. know, and, and, and what's he done? Yeah. Heaps of laps. Yeah. Heaps of laps. He, you know, do, do like, I mean, you, you, you said off air, you know, that you've got Bart doing a bit of mentoring with you and yeah. driver training. Yep. You know, get someone like that to work with you because you, if you've got somebody working with you, they're going to teach you about understeer, oversteer, ride height, you know, mm. oh, what's the car doing? Where does it feel? Is it entry, mid or exit? Yeah. You know, because... When you start off, and if you're an AM guy, you don't know anything about what the car's doing. No. Oh, I'm not fast enough. Well, I'll just drive faster. Yeah. You're already driving as fast as you can, dickhead. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, how do you make the thing go faster? Well, make the car respond. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's it doing? Well, I don't know. Well, let's work out what it's doing. Let's speak to somebody. Let's look at some video. Oh, well, I think it's oversteer. Well, actually, if you look at it, it's actually understeer because you got like you steering wheel like this, and then it bites, and then it's got oversteer. Yeah. You know, but you know, if you're just going off yourself and you don't know what you're doing. You're going, oh, I've got an oversteery car. You're just trying to make it more understeery. Yeah. But really, the oversteer is generated by understeer. Yeah. You know, because you've got your wheel and then it bites. Yeah. You know, so get somebody who's got some experience and give you some guidance. Look yeah. at some of your video. Don't just come in and buy a shitload of cars and hope for the best. No, well, it's, it's a bit it's a bit hard that way though. You know what I mean? Like you gotta it's, it's you said, you gotta be grounded to go there. It doesn't matter how many whatever whatever you buy, you just as you said, it's all about seat time. Just get the guidance behind you and then drive the cars. Yeah. I mean and you, as you said, don't just buy a shitload of cars. You could buy the best car in the world. You could go buy a triple eight supercar mm. and mate, in three rounds that thing's shit. Yeah. You know, because it hasn't been developed. You know, life life in a parts is out. Yeah. You know, like you need to stay on top of cars. Yeah. You know, I mean, the amount of state level guys mm. that'll do a race meeting, put mm. the car in the trailer, mm. put it in the shed, yeah. come to the next race meeting, they pull it out and they go, oh, my car's still shit. Well, you haven't done anything since last round. Yeah. Of course it's still shit. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't done anything. <laughs> you haven't rebuilt the engine or something. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's still got all the loose, ro- loose ro- rose joints on it. Like, you know. Yeah. You know, you, you, you've, still, you've still got a blown out, you know, front ball joint and the thing's flapping around. Like, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know, so look at your car, prep your car, get some advice. Yeah. Look at do some video, look at some data. Yeah, we've spoken about your career highlights, but do you remember many of your career highlights that made you just want to, before you got bored of the sport? What was, <laughs> it, what, was the, what was the times, like your highlights of your career that you're like, fuck yeah, I just want to do another year. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, well, I've, never, I've never said I don't want to do. Like yeah. even, when I, even when I got a little bit over it, it was, I, I, I still wanted to race. Like so, I mean, in fact, <laughs> last year I wasn't, I, I was actually going to have last year off. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I think about a month after that decision, I mean, I sold everything. Yeah. Uh, well, not everything. I still, I mean, I still got it. You still got but, some but, stuff. Um, yeah. I sold the 86s with what we were competing in at the time in the truck. Mm. And, um, and then I'm like, let's just see what Trans Ams are out there. Yeah. And then we bought the Trans Am and then it's like, well, we're not going to run the series, but we'll just go do the next round and see what it's like. Yeah. And then we did every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you find going? Like, I love, I would love, as I said to you, like, I'd love to leave and lease your Trans Am at one point. Yeah, we can have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what do you think about the whole Trans Am series? Because now it's literally like the um, like national series of everyone pretty much entering now these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cars are great. They're, they're, yeah. I mean, the running costs on them are, are, are fantastic. I mean, they're a little bit pricey to buy, yeah. but no more so than, you know, anything that is at that level. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I mean, 86s are really cheap, so it's really 
uh, affordable for people to get into. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the Trans Ams or the TA2, um, you know, Peter Robson's done a fantastic job with what he's done, bringing those things in, um, making, making the, the field quite level. Yeah. You know, I mean, my car's four years old and I don't think my, my engine's any worse than it was, you know, mm. back, back when it came. Who'd you buy it off? So I bought mine through Melbourne Performance Centre. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Which right. Is, okay. Uh, uh, John McLaughlin's old car. Yep. Um, or Steve McLaughlin's old Steve car. McLaughlin, um, yep. So um, yeah. Yeah. Know, and I mean, my car's a good car. Yeah. You know, I've uh, I've got in my mind that I'm going to give it a fresh motor. Obviously, we bust the collarbone, so we didn't make yeah. the first round. So we didn't go to Taz, but we'll go do the TA2 Championship this year. And yeah. and to be honest with you, that's actually probably a good thing for me this year. You know, mm. with it's my son's. Uh, senior year in the junior class, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So to give him the time this year, for me to go play TA2, mm. a little bit less pressure. It's actually probably maybe a little bit more fun, probably run a bit more at the pointy end because it's pretty serious at the Trans Am at the moment. I yeah. saw what was going on down in Tassie. Yeah. I was actually glad I wasn't there because I haven't done any any testing. I didn't know where my shoulder was at. There was a big risk for me to go. It's a big, even next weekend, mm. this weekend, this week, yeah. we're, we're, we're running TA2. Yep. I don't even know how my shoulder's going to hold up. So, yep. um, you know, the Hans device pulls directly down yeah, on the collarbone. So, yeah. you know, how's that G-force well, going to work? In a way, the Trans Am and the TA2 have created their own, like, different sanctioned events. But it's now it's kind of like a super super two and a supercars at the, at, at the moment well, to, to, get your, to get your bearings right. Absolutely. I mean, t- there's no doubt Trans Am is, is the more premier category yeah. of the two. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Like I said, for me this year, it's actually probably a nice thing to go to a slightly less pressure um, of the TA2. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just, you know, maybe go and have some fun there. And, you know, I will jump into a couple of uh, Trans Am rounds at some point. So, yeah, you know, we'll certainly do the Bathurst International because... Yeah. And, and, and you know, with TA2, we get to go to Tail and Bend. And, you know, those cars around Tail and Bend will be pretty sick. Those, those four sweeping lefts, uh, rights will be... Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. I, I normally throw in a random question at the end of the podcast, but this one, um, I'll say what I've said to Bart. Um, if you were the CEO of Motorsport Australia for a day, what would you? What's the one thing you would change in the sport? You can change multiple if you want. Oh, less categories. Less categories. Yeah. Okay. Less categories. Yeah. Like it's one of the things that I think Motorsport Australia is really bad at. I mean, they do a lot of things. I don't mean to keep my opinions. The <laughs> one thing that Motorsport Australia is really bad at yeah. is they keep bringing new categories in, but there's nothing dying off. Yeah. Now, okay. The motorsport pool, the competitors, mm. is uh, one size. Yeah. The more categories we bring in, the more we're spreading it out. Yep. You know, and then you, you you get to like you know, um, you know, different race meetings, mm. and you, I mean, like look at Formula Three. Mm. Formula Three is a fantastic category, mm. and we're getting what six, eight people. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, and then we've got S five thousand, S five thousand. Yeah, you know, and then we, that, we that's haven't got enough. Yeah, it's, it's what have we got ten people at Taz. Yeah, you got you I could split the two and you could bring the I two. Did, together. I didn't even look at the results of S five thousand. There was nine cars that weekend. Yeah, see, yeah. I didn't even look. Like it, it's it hasn't got enough to keep me interested. Like yeah. now, TCR is not really my thing. Yeah, like I'm not a front wheel drive that type of car. Yeah, you're not a Josh Bucken. No, but but in saying it. There's really good caliber people there and there's 20 plus cars. Mm. So you know what? I will tune in just to see what's going on. Mm. You know, I'm still a motorsport enthusiast. So TCR has got an appeal. Yeah. You know, even though it's not my sort of car, mm. uh, you know, there's, there's still that racing in there. There's a good, it's a, it's a solid field. Mm. You know, everybody. It's in, competitive. Yeah. Everybody who's in there can pedal. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not in favor of um, categories where you've got balance of performance because yeah, it's there's always someone that's going to get screwed. Yeah, um, you know, so that that's another thing I don't like about TCR. Yeah, but um, but then in saying that you almost need to do it. Yeah, you know, otherwise the field spreads too too great. Yeah, but you know the lap times there. So yeah, so to answer the question, 
we've got too many categories. There's always new categories coming in and we're not killing off the old ones. Yep. Now, being an advocate for Formula V, yep. um, you know, and I was president there for 12 odd years, uh, you know, um, mm. you know, I don't, I don't want to kill off the old categories because there's value there. Yeah. But, it's but like, they've, they've got big fields, so they should stay there. Yeah, Same absolutely. with Fords. Fords are still just going you know strong. Like, like, all you need to do is look at, I mean, but you know what? Like Trans Am has come in, TA2 has come in, and, and look how successful too. it is. Yeah. So, like, you go, well, how can you not bring these categories in? Mm. Because some of these categories are fantastic. Mm. But, you know, Formula you, 4 wasn't. I know, that's but what I was going to bring politi- up. there was political reason behind Yeah. It. How do you reckon that could have worked, though? It couldn't have. It couldn't not have in been. Australia. No, nah, it was we're never going to We're not an open-wheel country. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love my open wheels. Same here, yeah. But we're not an open-wheel country. You look at the motorsport landscape, we're not. So, in open-wheelers, in my opinion, mm. you, you need your cheap entry level formula yep. v yep then you need your national stuff like formula ford i mean yep. like how well did formula ford prove itself as a, a development thing for guys that wanted to go places yeah hit, you yeah. know and, th- and then you need like your your premier class which was formula three mm. which is relevant because it's relevant to go into formula three in europe yeah you know we can move across and that's what they try to do with formula four yeah because it's relevant over in europe but you try to replace it with Formula Ford, and Formula Ford already has its place here. Yeah. So Formula Ford doesn't fit into our landscape, in my opinion. And yeah. didn't, well, obviously it didn't. It fell yeah. over. So, um, I mean, I, and I drove one. I drove one of the AGP. Yeah. How'd you find that? Did you find it very um? Uh, was it like a car, or was it like a, was it like a tin no, type? No, like it was like just a the, the braking. I, I struggled under the braking, but again, I never did a proper test day. Yeah, you just I, hopped in there I and went. I just hopped in, and yeah. uh, you know what? Like, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There's, there's, there's a bunch it. of things that if I look back on, I go, you know what? I should have done that properly. Yeah, I should, I could have done that so much better. <laughs> I could have got a better result out of it. I could have, you know, and it would have made my experience better as well. But you know what? The opportunity came to drive an F4 around the AGP. Like, yeah, who would okay. say no to that? Yeah, I would. I would have said yes to and it. it was a, you know, the the original deal was a pretty good deal, and clearly, like everything in motorsport, it cost more than a. The, the original yeah plan was yeah you see the invoice afterwards and <laughs> the same as was well we, they they just gave us a car we ran the car yeah okay so and again you know and I'm like trying to ask people oh, what tire pressure did you run of this uh, something between uh, five and a hundred I went okay thanks for the help <laughs> you know I mean like everyone was real close shop no one wanted to give us information so we were really yeah <laughs> in fact the first practice session I went fuck it wings flat. Yeah. And everyone's looking at me and everyone's got all this like wing angle on the rear and I've got this flat wing and I went, ah, no yeah. drag, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. Yeah. Clearly we weren't I want to go fast, I'm just going to turn the wing that way. Yeah, yeah, So, So, um, yeah, but again, it was, you know, uh, we didn't take it that seriously. We just went for the experience. Yeah. You know, we had, I mean, we had grandstand tickets as well at the, at the Formula One. So yeah. we were... Half you're in rolling stand, in, half, in the way. Half in the stands, half in the, you know. Like yeah, we, you're just... No, normally when way. you're at a race weekend, you're all on the car. So. Yeah, yeah. But for you, so you're going back to that running the seat, running as a CEO for the day. Um, what what kind of classes would you wind down to? You've, you've mentioned V's, Fords. We could have like a mixture of um, Formula Formula Three and S five thousand here mixed into one in a way. Yep. That could kind of be the thing that could go to Europe. Then for the tin tops, what would you have? Because in in New Zealand, they have like what eight categories, and that's that's how. Um, they churn through their drivers. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's so, how they produce so many well, good drivers. Tin tops. I mean, obviously, eighty sixes have clearly got a great little package going, and yep. they're really competitive. So that teaches you good. So I, I actually don't uh, mind what's going on with the top end. You know, so you've got you've got supercars. Let's work backwards. You have got supercars, which is our top category. Yep. So you've got that div change. two and div three. Yep. You know, so that progression is quite quite good. The cost for div two needs to come down. Yep. It's 
massively unachievable. Um, and I think you had John McCorkendale on talking yeah. about that in one of your oh, he podcasts. He had to go. He had, so, had to leave it. It's yeah. too expensive for it's, him. It's, it needs to come down. I mean, and that's part of what Gen 3 is about and blah, blah, blah. I mean, motorsport is expensive. But yeah. So, yeah, so I, I quite like the fact that the, the old cars can go here and then they can go here. So, yeah. you know, Div 2 and Div 3, I like. That's fine. Porsche's got its own little thing with its um, European thing to go, you know, go overseas yep. and whatever. So the Porsche program really works. So at the top end of town, I think we're actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, 86s is pretty good. Yep. So that's five. Yep. Yep. So 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 that's all quite good. It's what we what happens below that. Mm. You know, obviously, um, prod, prod cars is very successful. Yeah. The, the bit that hurt is hurting is that hurts prod cars. At my in my opinion, mm. is there's too many different factors. You've yeah. got you've got the six hour run their own show. You've got Queensland production cars. You've got New South Wales production cars. You've got the eight, the, the the ARMS yeah. um, New South Wales production cars. So on. there needs to be a body for the production. Well, cars. there was, and they, they yeah. try to make it all one, but they it's just egos. It, so something happened, and it became really successful, mm. and everybody goes, "I need a bit of that. We can do this. We can do it better. We can do it better. We can do it better." And now we've got five different production cars. Yeah. Well, why don't we just have production yeah. cars, state level yep. and national level? That's it. Yeah. You know, like. Why do we need to have all these different things? And then, you know, and, and obviously, you know, between Motorsport Australia and AASA, there's a little bit like when Super League came into Rugby League, mm. you got two sanctioning bodies and yeah. both want to have their, their pie in it. So they yeah. both need to have their things. And their own rules and whatnot. Yeah. That's right. And you know what? And, you know, with my competitor's hat on, yep. it doesn't matter whether I'm jumping on cams or whether I'm jumping on AASA as long as I go get to race yeah. with my competitor's hat on. Yeah. You know, and there's pros and cons to both and I shan't, go too much into it because you know everybody's mm. got an opinion but um yeah but ha- but having that super league style system where you got two different uh bodies mm. therefore you got more categories because yeah. now we we need to run our championship and you need to run yours so there's two of the same yeah copy paste yeah so um yeah so we just got we've got too many categories so you'd have so you'd have prods you'd i don't have, have an answer which is yeah. i mean oh we can we can go motor, through motorsport australia don't have an answer yeah but maybe maybe the answer is is if a category gets below a certain number, it gets combined with something. Yep. You know, if a category gets below a certain number for a certain period of time, mm. then it needs to be combined. Yeah, and if the entries at like S5000 or whatever, or Formula 4, for example, get nine entries or whatever, it doesn't. It shouldn't count as a, I, in my opinion. It shouldn't. it shouldn't be gold star. No. Not with 10 it, entries. It shouldn't no, be gold star. It's got to be exactly right. It's, I think it's got to be at least 15 entries but, max. But, but in saying it, we'd, where do we put gold star? Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day... Formula Ford shouldn't be gold star either no. because you've got kids. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's a development category. It's not, um, yeah. I mean, you, you're always going to have your, your seasoned competitors, mm. but it, it's technically, uh, it's, it's, it's still a development category. Yeah. So, and, and same with Formula V. Formula V is entry level. So yeah. you got, you know, so where's, so, so to have your gold star, it has to be at the higher end. Yeah. So your higher end is Formula 3 and S5000. Yeah. But you can't do it if you've only got 10, ca- 10 competitors or less. Yeah. If you're in single-digit competitors, it shouldn't be a gold star. And, you know, not to take away from, you know, the Tim Macros, the Mawsons and all those guys that are having a crack at it mm. to get the gold star because mm. the calibre's not lacking. Yeah. It's just the competition. I, th- I think it's the competition and just, as, as many competitors have probably said, um, just, the ex- just the expensive S5000 oh. as well. It's, it's just, it's like supercars. Do you know what I mean? Like, they probably could get more entries, but it's just buying, the, the, you know, open wheelers are just expensive, as you know. Do you know what? Like, it, like... You look at American motorsport and there's a give back. Yep. Why can't our top categories have a give back? Like a purse. A purse. Like in NASCAR. Yeah. Like today in... in well, t- mate, like the truck series in America, the truck series. I mean, I don't w- watch a lot of the American stuff. Yeah. Um, 
mate, I just, you know, I don't have the time. Mm. But, you know, even their, their lower levels, like, I mean, obviously I'm in the, in the motocross with my son and I listen to a lot of the motocross podcasts. Mm. You know, they have fair days. So they've got like a showground and mm. they'll do a showground race and they're paying a purse at a showground race to the motocross guys. Yeah, right. You know, so there's a lot of guys in America on motocross. And this is motocross. Mm. Like, this is what I was saying. Club, club level motocross. Yeah. You know, that are making money. Yeah. You know, they're making a living, barely. Yeah. But they're, they're getting some some return for the, the going out. Why can't we have that at our top level? Yeah. You know? Okay, I, I understand that, you know, people, it, you know, it's a business. People want to make money. Yeah. You know, I mean, this ARG thing with um, yeah. uh, with Stan Sport. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we're, we're, go, we're going to Stan because it's in the best interest of growing the sport. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> $20 million. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> You got to pay, by the way, an extra ten dollars subscription to watch Stan Sport. But, but I didn't but, find that out until I yeah. actually did that just to support motorsport. So, but but again, like, okay, so ARG now just got twenty million dollars in over four years. Yeah. Why can't they give S five thousand a purse? Yeah. If you give them a purse, instead of having nine competitors, you're going to have twenty competitors, twenty five. Yeah. yeah. They've just got the money in. Yeah. Put it back into the sport. Where does it go? Like you think about any big business. What are they? Why is big business big business? Yeah, because they reinvest the money. Yeah, you'd know because you're doing property investment type of stuff. Yeah, well, if you, if I don't reinvest into a property, mm. it's it's just going to dilapidate, mm. and its value is going to decline. Yeah, well, actually, property is still going to go up. Yeah, but comparatively, you know, if yeah. you to, to get out and to put it into something else, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to decline. That's that's my that's my main vocal point too, though. I think Australia definitely needs to have some sort of money back s- scheme to try and work. The yeah. competitors to keep the well, fields big. Well, supercars with their new deal, yeah. they've got that a little bit. I mean, they've, I mean, they've always got a bit of money back from the um, from the TV rights, mm. but now it's a set number. Yeah. You know, their new deal is a set number they get every year. Yeah. So at least they've got okay, we're going to get this much in. So th- so we need to get the balance in from this sponsorship or manufacturer, not likely, but you know whatever. Yeah. You know, but why can't ARG do that with you know? I mean, it doesn't need to be Trans Am at the moment because it's freaking killing it for numbers. Yeah, I know. But, you know, but with S5000, you want to make that the gold star? You want to make that a big category? Yeah. Put some coin Put on, that. on that. one. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. As, I mean, like, it's easy to sit here and give them the answers, but I, yeah. I, I, know, I know the bean counters in the back office are probably <laughs> not saying that. <laughs> but because, I, I mean, in saying it, the bean counters probably going, well, hang on, we just put $20 million into supercars. Yeah. You know, so we need to... Rec- so th- this 20 is going from here to here. Yeah. But... They're not reinvesting back in their product. Yeah. So the the difference between us, Australia and America, for example, which I researched today, um, Bush Bush Beer is now putting a hundred hundred thousand dollars in, or hundred, or I think hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars a year into getting ten girls into their integrated into their championships. I think what a, what Australia needs to do with their motorsport is get more sponsors on board, and then that can also help pay the purse. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm getting yeah, at? Absolutely. So if they focus more on I get the TV rights. Like, that's never going to change. But in terms of getting more people to get a purse is what we've spoken on. If they get, if they entice, which they've got, they've got the marketing team to do it, more sponsors, maybe down the trickle of the line, like in what you've said with your son, the more sponsors we get in our sport, it can actually pay us off and, and Motorsport Australia can keep their money. Do you know what I mean? Well, if they read, like, okay, so if you put a purse on yep. to S5000, so we're just saying one category. Yeah. If you put a purse on there... Mm. Entry fees are like three grand. I don't even know what they are for S five thousand, but let's yeah. say let's say they're three grand. If you get an extra ten, 10 grand, mm. uh, ten competitors at three grand, there's another thirty grand. Yeah. So if you've got a purse on of thirty grand yeah. per round, yeah, 
you, your competitor numbers are going to boost to actually pay itself anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it can go on forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like, you and I sitting here ain't going to fix the problem. No. So, because it's, there's been plenty of people that have had an opinion and, and, and shared that opinion. Yeah. Um, directly to Motorsport Australia. Yeah. Or CAMS back in I, the day. I don't even know if Motorsport Australia listens to my podcast. I don't think they listen <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> so, but I mean, uh, you know, you, you said you said it in one of your other podcasts. It's a eight point something billion dollar yeah, industry. Yeah, eight point six, yeah, million dollar industry. Billion. Billion, sorry. Yeah, billion sorry, dollar yeah, industry. Billion industry, yeah. And where does so, all the money go? You know, yeah. someone's, someone's making coins somewhere. Yeah. I could I could make some other opinions, but I'm still involved in some, some areas, so I shall keep yeah. controversy aside. Yeah. So what's your plans this year? You're just going to do... Five races, um, and just focus on your son's career this year. And um, going forward, or are you just you're just going to keep the Trans Am for a bit of fun and and more so? Is that is that the, is that the future six? Is that the future of CXC racing? Uh, you know what? I've never been a guy to close the door on anything. Yeah, I'm open to any opportunity at any particular time. Always. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, like last year we were doing a Trans Am around at Sydney Motorsport Park, and Mick Ritter um, mm. had a guy in an '86 uh, wanting to get some some mm. help. And they rang us up and they said, can you help? And I went, I rang the boys and said, hey, do we want to run another 86? Who's in? You know, if, I've, if, I, if I could put the crew on to, to, to crew something, mm. our guys do a great job. We've got a lot of experience at, at structurally. Um, you know, we, we do a good job. You know, mm. we've always presented to be much bigger than what we really are. Yeah. You know, we've always looked like we're a really big team, you know, at, at, at certain times. And yeah, you know, prof- professionalism is uh, is purely an image. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, we've never been as big as what people think we are. Yeah. Um, you know, but we do a really, we do, we actually do do a really good job. You know, we present good. You know, our cars, we always present our cars to go to win, and we always prepare our cars to go win. Yeah. Whether it be my car, I've never done anybody else's car any worse than my own. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't care. Like if someone beats me, mate, when we had the prod cars with with Hula, uh, with um, oh, oh yeah, well, with I the two thousands, yeah. <laughs> um, mate. Yeah, Dan Oosthuizen used to beat me often. I'd be like, yeah. "Bloody bastard!" But yeah. how good for my brand? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that guy could steer. Those two kids actually, Jax yeah. can steer too. Oh, Jax can steer too. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with him going. He was not interested in go karts, by the way, and then he just hopped into your car. Yeah, and dude, like, but th- then those guys went good. I mean, and we and we unlocked some good potential in those Evos, and you yeah. know, we 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 sort of reverse engineered that thing a little bit through playing with stuff, and we actually stumbled over a little setup thing that we that we like that worked for us yeah. and the Evos, but um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so my plans this year is we'll do the we'll probably do the TA two. I'll probably do a Trans Am round or two. If any other opportunities come, I mean, like I'd love to, I'd love for the Pro Am to come back with these new Porsches. They look yeah. pretty sexy. You you were writing on Nick McBride's Facebook, or wasn't? Well, give me yep. a go if you yeah, can. Yeah, give me a happy, go. Happy man. birthday! Give me a go if you can. Yeah, give me a go. Yeah. If McBride McBride, if you're listening, we'll uh, swap a drive of your uh, <laughs> of your of your Porsche from a Trans Am. Yeah, give it a go. Switch it around. Yep. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I had heaps of fun today because you actually got to pick me up and actually got <laughs> to know each other better, which is ten times better than I've ever had. Yeah. Um, but, dude, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast, and yeah, no I'd love I'd love you to come on again some other time. Always. Yes. The links to all our social media are in the show notes.